0: Uh, One second, Kathy. Where's Amy? Yeah, but we don't see her. I did tell her to take a nap. Did you talk to her?
1: There she is. Oops. I feel
0: so much better. Thank you. recording in progress i'd like to call to order this city council meeting of january the 3rd 2023 tonight's meeting is a hybrid meeting community members are welcome to join us either in person or remotely through zoom or by telephone clerk will you please call the roll
2: council member nixon here council member black here council member curtis here council member falcone here council member pascal here. Deputy Mayor Arnold? Here. Mayor Sweet?
0: Here. Um, before I announce the study session, can we get uh, Councilmember Falcone on our screens? Or while you're doing that, I'll go ahead and announce it. Our study session tonight is to discuss the draft 2023-2024 City Work Program. After our study session, we will be meeting an executive session to review the performance of a public employee. If you are a member of the public joining us by Zoom this evening, please exit and log off the Zoom feature during our executive session. You will then need to log back into Zoom when our regular meeting reconvenes at approximately 7.30 p.m. City Manager.
3: Okay, thank you, Madam Mayor. So this first presentation is actually mine. So I'm gonna be joining you all at the podium here in a second. Okay, and I just want to double check that Councilman Falcone, can you see the presentation? Awesome. Yes, I can, thank you. Happy New Year, everybody. It's awesome to be back. I was telling Councilman Nixon it was fun to try to figure out eye contact anymore and not just uh, looking at the, at the screens. Um, so today's study session is focused on the draft 2023-2024 city work program. I have 20 slides, uh, but a lot of them are pictures, so they should go fairly quickly. Uh, this is our first discussion of the 2023-2024 work program, and so what I'm looking for throughout is comments on individual items, and then also there'll be time at the end for additional questions or um, additional suggestions. So using our standard format, I uh, just have uh, 22 slides, one small background slide, and then I'll get straight into the um, draft priority goals and the city work program itself. Um, so as you all know, but for the members of the audience as well, <clears throat> the biennial priority goals and city work program was uh, begun formally being adopted by the city council in 2011. And to emphasize, this is not the daily operations of the city. These are sort of community-wide, multi-departmental policy and financial priorities that are all about sort of creating quality of life for the city of Kirkland or, or improving the organization. Um, since 2011, we have iterated and improved this process year after year, <clears throat> um, but one of the two bedrocks of this since 2012 is that the city council at that time decided to adopt a biennial work program than an annual work program, and that was done to highlight the relationship with the biennial budget process. And then a second decision that was made in 2012 was to focus on priority goals for each biennium. And this is of the 11 council adopted goals. Essentially, the council would say these are the four that we think we'd emphasize in this biennium. And so part of the reason this was done back in 2012 is we were still coming out of the recession. And the idea was to be clear that sometimes financial constraints made it not possible to have progress on all goals in at, at each budget. So since that time, we have adopted priority goals, but the first uh, policy question discussion for the council is whether prioritizing them among the goals is still necessary. I did get a couple questions during the council calls that I didn't phrase that question very well in the memo, and some people were thinking I was suggesting getting rid of the goals themselves, so I apologize for that. Um, so I want to clarify now, the intent was not to not have the goals, but rather than saying, for example, the first three goals now if alphabetical order would be abundant parks, attainable housing, and balanced transportation. What we have found is that over the last couple of years, we've ended up adopting all 10 or 11 council goals each time because the work program items were so interrelated and, and across um, all the various areas that we ended up just saying, yes, we are gonna make progress in all these areas. And so this current set of goals that I'm proposing for the council to look at will probably also all 11 will also probably be touched by the city work program initiatives. So, uh, so the first question for all of you is, as you're going through all this is to assess, does it still make sense to adopt priority goals with the resolution or should we just go to the city work program and say that the intent is to make progress in as many of the goals as possible each time? So let me pause there before I actually get into the work program items and see if council has questions or comments.
0: Any comments? Uh, Deputy Mayor Arnold.
4: I would just say that I concur with that recommendation. As we look at the work plan, we list the goals for the individual work plan items that gets to the things that we're focusing on. But I don't think we need to actually prioritize among the goals.
3: I think especially as sort of the know, mixed-use, multifamily linked by transit, there's all of these goals come together with each of these big projects, so it, it sort of seems like it's it doesn't make sense anymore to try to, to pull some out.
0: But And I think as we get into this a little bit more, and when we, be, when we talk a little bit about sustainability, I think that'll be a, a way for us to integrate that, because I think that is one of those overarching yeah. things that we'll see integrated into everything. So it looks like you got...
3: Okay, so I'm hearing some consensus on that idea. Thank you. Okay, so now I'm gonna go into the draft work program itself. We have 11 uh, proposed items for discussion. Uh, Just to set the stage before I go into those 11, as you all know, since you were here, (laughs) we've had an ambitious city work program over the past four years, with a huge focus on improving the quality of life and creating a community where everyone belongs. Uh, Especially since 2020, while we've been doing this, we've had to deal with the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic, high inflation, supply chain issues, uh, the great reshuffle vacancies, and the ability of the organization to meet the community expectations has been uh, difficult, and the council has been extremely supportive of giving us the resources and support to do so. But these challenges all remain. So we're looking at 2023 with a similar uh, group of challenges, along with some uncertainty as the economy starts to um, falter a bit, given some of the increases in the federal interest rates and and the results from that. So this particular 2023-2024 city work program was actually focused on completion of a lot of our previous ambition ideas or ideas the council's adopted that have now risen to the level we think of uh, being in the work program, even though they didn't start off that way. So there's not a lot of new things in here, but there's a lot of stuff that you've seen before and that's the context of uh, the next few slides. Um, so any questions before I dive in? Check on Council Falcon Falcone too, just make sure. Okay, thank you. All right, so the first three slides are actually the closest thing to carryover slides of things that are either ongoing or that weren't quite finished. So, <clears throat> and so I put them in that order and they're not quite in the same order that you have in the memo. So the first one is improving transit options. And this is a carryover, continuing our partnerships with Sound Transit, the State Department of Transportation, and King County Metro, primarily to make the Northeast 85th Street 405 bus rapid transit station work. And related to that is the K-Line rapid ride design and implementation. And all of this to help us serve Kirkland's mobility needs with the focus on the Transportation Master Plan and Transit Implementation Plan. So given the scale of all of those and their importance to our alternatives to cars, we felt that this was an important one to carry
5: forward. So happy to see if people have questions or comments on that.
0: Councilmember Pascoe.
5: The only the only comment that I'd have, I think it's a good a good priority would be to. It's not just about regional and local transit service, but it's also about facilities uh. as well to support that service. So I would just recommend adding um, after and related, related regional and local transit service and facilities to serve Kirkland's mobility needs. So facilities could be a, transit amenities, could be a better access to transit, could be you know, bus lanes, um, transit priority treatments, things like that, that kind of captures all of those things that are necessary to, to, to support that service.
0: Got it. Thanks for that ad. Anybody else?
5: Comments on
3: this one? So the second one, multimodal transportation, is also a carryover. This is to complete the design and initiate construction of the 180 Drive and 100th Avenue multimodal transportation projects to implement the transportation master plan. Um, I should have said while these are close to how I might frame these in the resolution, I didn't intend this to be the final wording. So I welcome thoughts from the council on you know if you want to change anything. So, in both of these projects, they were not completed in 2122. They were part of the 2122 City Work Program. Uh, we want to carry them forward. The good news is, the 100th project, the design was finished, and as you know, the council defederalized that project. So, we've been able to get it restarted. We will likely go to bid by the end of January, or early February, for that project. So, that's really good news. The uh, Winita Drive project design was also held up a little bit as we tried to get some clarification from the state on how they are interpreting surface water issues. Those have now been fixed, and we think we'll be able to finish design in the first quarter of this year and probably go to the bid also by the end of the first quarter. So uh, so these two were on last year's, did not get done, and so we're suggesting that we carry them forward to finish them.
0: Councilmember Member
5: <clears throat> Thank you, Madam Mayor. So, obviously, uh, very supportive of this and uh, really looking forward to seeing these projects move forward. A couple things. First is, it would be nice, and, and perhaps it's just me, I'd love to get a briefing at some point on kind of where they're at and more kind of oh, sure. details. I haven't heard much about these in in a year or two, and so I'd, I'd appreciate that. I mean, I'm just looking at the design here, and, like, there's a lot of new stuff that I, I see that, you know, has been um kind of move forward which is great and it'd be great to learn more um the second thing would be that I think I raised this last time and you might have a reason for this but uh last time we adopted this goal we added 124th avenue corridor uh, as part of this multimodal transportation because that's a major corridor as well just like those two and I was hoping that we could continue that goal of getting that one move forward as well which yeah. So I that? oh, one twenty fourth Avenue through Totem Lake because that still is in progress, right? It is. Yeah. It is.
0: Oh, makes sense.
5: Yeah. Is there is there a reason? There, there was not a reason. I, actually, just
3: going. Why did I do that? So I, I will go back and check. I certainly I don't think staff would have any issues with that. Okay. Thank so. you.
0: Yeah, because that's going to be an early win.
3: My guess is I went off of the. One that's in the previous council pack, anyway. So I just have to, i have to double check. So. Okay, and this one is a bit of a blend of old and new. So this is a potential parks ballot measure, and so obviously the council adopted this as a 2022 work program item, and we launched our uh, parks funding exploratory committee group, the PFEC. Uh, which has been meeting, chaired by Councilmember Curtis. That group is going to meet through February and make a recommendation to the council in March. And so, I thought it made sense to carry this as a one that we would say the council would make a decision about placing a parks measure on the ballot and accepting the recommendations of the PFEC.
0: Councilmember Curtis.
1: Thank you, Madam Mayor, and Happy New Year, everyone. And Councilmember Falcone, <coughs> sorry that you're not feeling well and aren't with us tonight. We miss you. Um, so. I do have some proposals on this one. In the past, and we look at previous work plans, we've been very specific about our intent, about adopting um, past languages, adopting a fire and emergency medical service ballot measure. And so I'm, I would think it would be beneficial, since this is a two-year work plan, to use clearer and stronger language about our intent that supports the PFAC's work, and states that we plan to adopt a future ballot measure. Um, so, language that I'm suggesting is support parks funding exploratory committee recommendations and adopt a, futures par- a future parks ballot measure. Um, I'm not, I, I realize we're ahead of the process here, but I believe that PFEC will come forward with recommendations on a ballot measure and the council will follow up on that. And I think it's, it's kind of vague, the way that we have it right now. Um, I also would include language that addresses implementation of the PROS plan recommendations <laughs> and um, continued development of park access, assets, such as um, including Forbes Lake Park. So any thoughts on that suggestion?
0: It presumes that they are going to recommend... That we move forward with funding,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you're assuming that that's what they feel like?
1: Yes. Okay.
0: Yeah. I think more specificity is appropriate. Anybody else? Uh, Councilmember Black.
6: Thank you, Madam Mayor. And so, um, Councilmember Kurz to be, you looked back at the one we did connection with the fire ballot measure. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> we had this kind of active language. Mm-hmm. So we kind of presume the outcome of that one as well. Mm-hmm. I see. Okay. I'm okay with a consistent approach.
0: Yeah, sounds good. Thank you.
3: Okay, thank you. Yeah, when Councilman Curtis pointed out that we did that not just for the fire ballot measure, but also for the police ballot measure as well, so I think that is consistent. Okay, <clears throat> well, some of these um, tasks you've seen before. These are evolutions to new work program items. So the first of these is uh, to complete the priority tasks in the DIB. Five-year roadmap, and to update the roadmap over the next two years with new tasks identified by the community and the staff. So happy to receive Curtis.
1: I really liked um, the statement identified new tasks identified by community and the staff i think that's really smart because we've always said this is a living document i would just edit that new tasks identified by the community council and staff because knowing us we're also going to come forward with new tasks
0: (laughs) i think i'm just going to mention this because i think i did when i talked to you this morning but like um, sustainability, the, the DEIB is something that I feel is pervasive to everything that mm-hmm. we do. So I don't know how you mush the words around to take those two in particular. I mean, I think Council Member Falcone's comments to me earlier today was, well, we've got the DEIB one. Shouldn't we also specifically uh, refer to sustainability? I don't know how you want to do that, but that's something that I feel like needs to be throughout.
3: Yeah, just uh, some thoughts on that. So one, there are sort of two ways that one could do that. One could be to add a separate sort of implement the Sustainability Master Plan or continue implementation of the Sustainability Master Plan as a separate item. Um, Another way would be to look at doing it by expanding what we say about the comprehensive plan, which I mentioned in the memo, Mm -hmm.
7: we're
3: looking at that. Um, and I I actually debated a lot of this when I was doing the drafting too about whether or not to do it the only distinction that I really had was I felt that the DEIB work was still evolving and undefined while there's some specific tasks we haven't really learned how to do it well yet whereas the sustainability master plan was I think a little more specific and concrete and was already beginning to be tasks in each department so you know Surface Water Team has some, you know, the Solid Waste Team has some, Planning Division has some, and so I, I felt like it was a little more closer to daily operations than the DEIB work was at this point. But I, I think it can easily be its own element as well. But we can bring that back up at the end of the slides and talk about. Councilmember
0: Black.
6: Well, thank you, Madam Mayor. Do you want to talk, do you want to talk mm-hmm. about this? The, a possible sustainable sustainability master plan bullet point now or wait?
0: That's right.
6: Um, it seems so like we're ta- we're now talking let's do about what
0: it. what uh, the city manager suggested, which is bring this up again. Uh, the
3: very last one, the slide is the comprehensive plan, so that might yeah. be the right time to talk right. about the two as to whether you want to include it or have it separate.
0: So,
8: okay. Thank
3: you. Make sure I'm also making sure if Councilmember Falcone has any. Okay,
8: Watching her. Thank you, I don't, thank you for raising that point, Madam Mayor. Um, yeah, I have, I'll have that comment when we get to that discussion. Thank you.
3: Great. Thank you so much. Okay, the original crisis response entity. Um, so this one is to implement RACER, the regional crisis response entity, um, and to help establish a North End Behavioral Health Crisis Clinic. And in partnership with our radar cities of Bothell, Kenmore, Lake Forest Park, and shoreline so as you all know all the interlocal agreements have been signed but there's quite a bit of work that's going to happen in the first six months to get racer for up and running and then more time to figure out how it actually works out in the field and then the crisis clinic itself um, while a lot of good work is happening it continues to have small hurdles and we think that the city keeping our eye focused on making sure that happens is another reason to have this in here so happy to answer questions uh, councilmember black
6: thank you madam mayor uh, so just one quick comment on this one uh, since we're discussing we're talking about both the regional crisis response <laughs> agency racer and the health crisis clinic um the city manager and i talked about this earlier today we are with respect to the crisis clinic we're partnering not just with our uh, radar cities but also with the county we're looking for opportunities to uh, partner with the county and the state so one of the suggestions would be with the cities of bothell kenmore lake forest park and shoreline the county and the state
0: Are you okay with that? Councilmember Curtis. Okay, this is a nit. and you guys
1: forgive me for it? But regional crisis response agency capitalized makes it a thing. I feel like North End Behavioral Health
9: Crisis Clinic should also be capitalized.
8: No. Because- <coughs> Can you put on your microphone, Councilmember Curtis?
1: Dear, I have to say that again. Okay. (laughs) Thing. Regional Crisis Response Agency is capitalized. I think that North End Behavioral Health Crisis Clinic should also be capitalized because it is an entity. Um, And it just sort of fades away in the sentence when it's lowercase. Thank you. You're
0: an Englishman.
3: Yeah, and I can follow up with connections to see. They may actually have a name for it. I don't know, but we'll we'll look into that. The original Crisis Response Agency, in all capitals, I had that that way because that's actually what we did in the um, ILA and Articles of Incorporation, but I think that's a good comment. We're certainly not trying to diminish the clinic. Anything else before I move on? Looks good. All right, as you know, we've been making great progress on our fire stations, uh, but we wanna keep a renewed focus on that since it came out of a ballot measure, and it's obviously tens of millions of dollars and, and one of our sort of bedrock um, public services, which is public safety. So this is uh, to complete construction and open the new fire station 27 in Totem Lake and the renovated station 22 in Houghton, and then complete design of renovation of fire station 26 in Rose Hill and fire station 21 at Forbes Creek. Possibly initiate construction, but they may not happen by the end of 2024. We'll, we'll have to see, but uh, certainly to finish the first two and get the design completed and hopefully out to bid. Let's see if folks
5: had thoughts on that.
0: Councilmember Pasqual.
5: Thank you, Madam Mayor. So my my only thoughts on this would be that we're we're implementing a number of things. These are a number of things that we're implementing through the through uh, Proposition One that was passed um and one of the other big struggles we've had is with hiring and getting firefighters um hiring firefighters and and uh, bringing on the services that were also um, that the voters approved so it would be nice to be able to say something about you know really trying to work to stabilize our workforce uh and to you know, implement, you know, the dedicated aid car and other things that I think we're targeting for later this year, hopefully, or early next. That's correct. That was was about
3: completing hiring and implementing the enhanced levels of service that were part of the ballot measure. That's better
0: language. Thank you. Sounds good. Uh, Councilmember Black.
6: Thank you, Madam Mayor. Uh, While we're on this one, for uh, members of the public who might be listening, what is our schedule for completion of fire... um, the renovations to 22 and the construction of 27.
3: <laughs> you would have to ask me that in a study session, so I would have to phone a friend on that. I don't know exactly, but we can get back to you if no one is listening who can answer that
6: question. But. Okay, that's fine. I, you, I kind of put you on the spot, but I, as we were talking about it, I got curious and I realized some people listening might be curious too.
3: Yeah. So if we don't have it by the end of the study session, we'll make sure that we get that information to you at the, at the council meeting. but I'm going to say early 2024. So Uh, so I've got that comment. Anything else on the fire station and related programs? All right, so I call this attainable housing throughout Kirkland, and there's a bit of a laundry list here. I almost made it bullet points, but it's, it's also in a sentence. And so I actually have a few slides about these projects because I want to make sure people understood the magnitude of them. So this is to partner with King County to implement the Health or Housing Permanent Supported Project um, at La Quinta. Um, that's obviously going to be coming to the council for discussion on the interlocal agreements and operating agreements earlier this year or later this year. But then we're also going to need to work with the county on the renovations. And actually, the city of Kirkland has the opportunity to assign 60% of the space to Eastside and Kirkland residents who are experiencing homelessness. So I wanted to keep that at the forefront. But then also partnering with Arch and developers to implement several big projects we have. The first is the Polaris project, which this is actually a photo from a design review board of that Polaris project. This is the building that will be right next to the Fred Meyer, uh, the former Buick dealership. <clears throat> and then the Ardea and Totem Lake project, and I have a, a photo of that. The Kirkland Heights renovation, I have a photo and an uh, explanation of that, um, as well as the Tane housing project. And then to complete the affordable housing requirements and incentive zoning for the Northeast 85th station as part of phase two. So we did it for the commercial uh, part, but we have not yet done it for the second part. So um, I can either go to the housing projects themselves or I can take the comments here first.
0: I think we want to see the pictures. <laughs> okay.
3: <laughs> okay. So, so our day at Totem Lake, oops, I left off the lake. My, my apologies. Um, so a lot of people had asked me, where is this project? So that's right by the 405 ramps, I guess uh, north of McDonald's would be my reference point for my kids. <laughs> and uh, so this is a recommendation from the Arch as part of the trust fund, so the request was fully funded and you can see where it's located next to the Transit Center and to Totem Lake. Uh, this would be 170 studio and one bedroom apartments with the affordability of 40, 50, and 60% AMI. This is focused on senior housing and senior veterans housing, so. Um, and part of the reason it's scored so high is its location next to transit. And each of these projects will be coming to the council for adoption as part of the Arch Trust Fund round. Um, any questions on Ardea? The Kirkland Heights project, this is a current King County Housing Authority site. Um, so this is uh, just north of the Mormon Church, you know, to, uh, next to 132nd Square Park. And... Um, They got most of what they recommended, and then I think you might recall in the budget process, we allocated the $500,000 we set aside in real estate excise tax for housing to the other half, so this would be fully funded if the council approves the Arch Trust Fund round. Um, And so what they wanna do here is they have very few one, two, and three bedroom uh, townhome style apartments in their portfolio, so rather than sort of tear this down and really rebuild it with density, what they want to do is they want to rehabilitate each of the existing buildings and then on most of them add a third floor. And so when they're finished, the uh, count would go from 180 to 276 units. You can see the white is essentially where they would be adding the third floor. And then they'd be creating one new um, amenity building. And then you can see the affordability there. So, um, And then this is one of the places where we have one of our highest percentage of BIPOC residents, so you know meets many, ARCH goals, but also many Kirkland goals. Let's see if Council had any questions on that. But each of these is gonna require quite a bit of work over the next couple of years from our planning department, but also it might take some you know, supplemental funding or other actions to, to make sure they all happen. The Friends of Youth Landing Shelter Service Center. Um, this is a, a building that they purchased. And so they are now looking to Arch and to the city of Kirkland to help them get it renovated in time for them to move in prior to them losing their current site in Redmond. So they did request $650,000 from Arch, which was awarded. Um, This building, if you're wondering where it is, it's up by the hairpin turn um, at the very top of Kirkland in the sort of upper right um, where the CKC comes together and turns and goes down Willows Road. So if you're driving up Willows Road to the hairpin, this is up on your left. So it's um, it's a little bit isolated, but the intent would be that they may not be in this building more than a few years and then transition to another place, but they needed to find something quickly, so they purchased this, and then they've been working with the region to help them make it work, and this would have 26 beds for emergency shelter for uh, youth 18 to
10: 24.
0: Uh, Council Mayor Nixon. Yeah, I'm
10: pretty familiar with that space because I live right in the neighborhood, but. Mm. That's pretty far from any transit service today. and something we might want to add to the transit plan is how could we help them get people to and from there with a shuttle or something like that?
0: Okay. Is the closest transit route right on 100, 124? You know, I I don't even personally
10: know if there's east-west transit on 124th at Willows. Um, That'd be something to investigate. The closest that I'm sure of is on 132nd Slater. Yeah. That
3: was one of the issues that was raised. There was a discussion about the sort of isolated location of this building. Friends of Youth as an organization had to make a decision to get some space somewhere, and this was available. So they took it, and they recognize it's not ideal either. Uh, I think you may all know the Friends of Youth population would actually qualify for potential referral to the La Quinta Inn project as permanent supportive housing. So one of the things that may happen, we'll be working on, is finding the right qualified residents from this to be able to go straight into the permanent supportive housing. So that's another reason why this may end up being a... Maybe three, four year transition building that may end up being sold off and then something else
10: happened in the future.
0: Councilmember Nixon. Just,
10: just one more thought is, I mean, that's literally right across the street from Astronics. Yes. So we might want to talk, make a connection there and see if Astronics employees could adopt to the shelter ah. in some way. That's right, it's right across from Astronics.
3: Okay, and this is the last slide on this topic, and then I can see if you have questions on it. So this is the Attain sixplex. Uh, Councilman Nixon is very familiar with this as he's on the board of Attain. So uh, this is property that's already owned by Attain, and they have two fourplexes on two different sides, but they have space to build a sixplex in between the two buildings. Uh, They've come to Arch a couple times, and Arch Citizen Advisory Group feels that The project is not sufficiently developed that they can invest in it, but they did allocate $50,000 to help them provide some professional services to get it to the next level um, and then encourage them to come back to a future funding round. But So this could be a project that's funded fully by the city of Kirkland at some point. It could be a project that gets some ARCH funding, but the ARCH um, advisory board really wanted to encourage the sort sort of size and type of housing, but they did feel that the standards of uh, what they needed to see to invest hadn't yet been met. So they wanted to provide something, But and then this would be something that we'd want to help make happen as well. So I don't know, Nixon, if you wanted to add anything to that.
10: I probably can't say a whole lot, because like you said, I am on the board, but um, it, it's something that I think a lot of nonprofits run into is the chicken and egg problem, is that it costs a lot of money to do the design, but you can't get the money until you do the design. So Right. Yeah.
3: Any questions on that one before I move?
0: I think these are all exciting.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So that was my last um, project that was on this list. And so the question is...
0: Oh, I'm sorry, uh,
3: Council You know, This project, is there anything else the Council will say about this particular one or including this on the city work program?
6: Well, thank you, Madam Mayor. I was just gonna ask the city manager, since uh, folks listening might be curious, how many total units of affordable housing would these projects add to the city? Gosh, I'm going
3: to say 476, but I would need to double-check that. Yeah. It was actually in the document that I sent you all this afternoon. So. Yeah, okay, great. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, but it's, it's pretty exciting. It's, and then there's another, I think, almost 300 in the Polaris project, which is the one you see below, that are not included in the slides that I showed you. So, um, okay, so wow. in total, over 1,000 units of affordable
6: housing. From all okay, those. wow, that's great news. Thank you.
0: So we are well toward meeting our goal that's great. This would be about two years
3: of the twenty-year um, housing targets that we set, the council set. So it's exciting in that we have accomplished that, and then we realize you have to do that again every year for the next eighteen years. 18 but nevertheless, years. it's yeah. it's something great to celebrate. Okay. So the next item is. Uh, focus on implementation of the Safe Routes to School and pedestrian and bike safety projects the council approved in the budget. So this would be to actually issue the bonds and actually move to project construction and implementation. So given that the council adopted a $20 car tab and given that we'd be issuing debt, those are two unique things, and I felt that it made sense to keep this to the forefront. And also the projects themselves are sort of throughout the city and multimodal, so I felt it rose to the level of staying as a city program item.
8: Looks like we agree.
3: I see Councilmember
8: Councilmember Alcone. Thank you, Madam Mayor. Thank you, um, City Manager. Um, I think this is great. I'm glad to see this on here. Just one minor suggestion is in the language that we use. We've moved towards more inclusive language with talking about not just pedestrian and bike safety, but kind of walking and rolling safety. So I would suggest that we um, do that to capture folks who Um, get around by means other than walking and biking. Thank you. Thank you.
3: Okay. So in nearly all the work programs, although not everyone, we always used to have something that's sort of focused inwardly on the organization itself and its health. And so as you've been hearing for two years now, Um, Attracting and retaining diverse employees and a a healthy workforce um, has been a challenge our last two years. So one of the things that we think it made sense to do is to review and update Kirkland's personnel codes, policies, programs, and practices to make sure that we are a preferred employer, especially among public sector, and that we attract and retain uh, talented and diverse employees. And so there's actually one item on the agenda tonight, which you see, that's the actual memo, that's about an amendment on allowing folks to use vacation leave in the first 6 months most of the personnel codes are decades old and although we've made some modest changes over time we feel like we really need to go in and remove any barriers that we have to to keeping good employees or getting new good employees
0: looks good
6: okay <clears throat> any comments on that
0: all right okay. <laughs> council member black
6: thank you madam mayor, mayor. Since city manager specifically asked, yeah, there you go. (laughs) I was going to say just real quickly. This is not sexy. This is not. We don't get a lot of our Kirkland messages from constituents about um, these type of operational issues, but it's so important to have, um, you know, a uh, a strong, reliable uh, workforce. It's what makes Kirkland as great the great place it is, and it's what actually delivers that level of service to our. Reson. So I didn't, want to, I didn't want this to go by without at least underscoring that. So thank you for having this. Thank you.
3: All right. So the 2025 2026 budget, um, uh, almost every city work program, but not all, we've usually had a, and the next budget's coming, and we want to make sure that that's also a good budget. So, and because that covers sort of the entire gamut of the organization. Uh, we've kept this in. But this is one where I don't foresee something as unique as what we've been dealing with the past couple of years. Uh, Council Deputy Mayor Arnold and I spoke about this, you know, things like the expiration of the annexation sales tax credit or the TBD. So, But, but I did think it made sense to keep this on for discussion.
0: Deputy
4: Mayor. Thank you, Madam Mayor. And to expand on what the city managers talked about, uh, we have not had this as a consistent goal. Uh, Especially if we're looking at adding a goal, Um, especially since, uh, Kurt, you say this is not of the scale of the annexation sales tax credit. It's not a policy decision like we faced last year on implementing our uh, transportation benefit district authority. This is more of a Kirkland value, so uh, I'm not sure if it needs to be highlighted as part of the work plan. Um, and if we were gonna say, here are the things that we as a council are focusing on as a work plan uh, and we make sustainability elevated to one of those goals, it, this may be something we wanna consider replacing. I agree.
3: Sure, like checking on Councilman Falcone, any comments?
0: Councilmember Falcone, is that
8: agreeing with Deputy Mayor Arnold's
0: suggestion?
8: I mean, it is. I, I'm on the fence. I'm fine either way whether we keep it. But if we need to um, cut something in order to elevate sustain, having a sustainability item in the work plan, then um, I would absolutely support that. Thank you. Okay.
10: All right. And I kept this one for last. I will talk.
0: I'm oh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Just
10: in defense of having the budget there. Um, the sustainability plan is basically done, right? It needs to be executed on, but it's probably not going to change a whole lot. Whereas the budget, it's a huge amount of work for every department in the city government, um, not just the council, um, because we ask them to basically look at everything they do and justify it and... um, Uh, figure out, you know, where the gaps are and um, Try to come up with how they would fund new programs, right? So um, I Also think that the budget, I mean, we do get a lot of public input on sustainability. There's no question about that, but The budget is kind of a euphemism for all the services the city provides and when you think about the public engagement involved in reviewing all the services the city provides, I think that's a pretty important thing. Just, just my thought.
5: Uh,
0: Councilmember Pascoe.
5: These are these are good discussions. I mean, the thing, the way that I think about it is when I look at the other work program items, they're discrete um, tasks that might not carry on into future. Work programs two years from now whereas this this is going to be something that we continue creating a budget is something we have to do we're required to do Um, now there's values associated here with with that maintaining AAA and uh, equitable and sustainable but um, it's it's something on the the same order of magnitude as as communication with our constituents uh, transparency and accountability, performance track. I mean, there's a lot of value things that we have to kind of do um, as, as a city government. So that's the one thing why I would agree that, that uh, if, if there's other items that we want to put onto the work program, this would be one that could come off. Not because it's less important, but, but because it's something that we're required to do and we will continue to do as a city government. Thank you. Any
0: further discussion? I, I, I mean, I think these are great remarks. Um, I, with Mr. Nixon. I, absolutely, it's, it's a vital thing for us to be conscious of, and it's probably one of the things that the community is most interested in our be, being able to demonstrate that we're doing a good job. And we are able to demonstrate that we're doing a good job. So does it become housekeeping? Um, because it's going to be on every, every two-year work plan as long as we have two-year work plans.
7: <laughs> right.
0: So I can go either way in terms of um, including it. I think, however, when, when it comes to doing something like, one of the things that I do when, it, when I try to do the, the state of the city is to remark on the things that have been important to us. I certainly wouldn't want to lose this as something that is vitally important to our performance and to and to the city's performance. So I guess if I were to pick one, stay or go, I would pick stay. Um, all of these things, particularly as we've been talking about the sustainability issues, are ongoing work. It's not like they're not on the so I think maybe what I'm saying is if we if we add another one for sustainability it just allows us to take credit for it at the end uh-huh. right
3: well, I guess a couple thoughts one that there is no cap on the number of work program items although obviously you want to be aware of the capacity of the staff and your own selves to, to deliver it but so you don't necessarily have to cut one to add one right and um, I had the same debate, but I included it because I do think for a lot of the reasons that Councilman Nixon raised, it's just so big, and it's where a lot of policy happens, right? The budget's your policy document as well. So um, you don't have to decide this today. This could be something I could bring back the next one, too, and just sort of have at the end, and you could debate it if you wanted to include it or take it off at the very end as well. So,
0: Councilman Black.
6: Thank you, Madam Mayor. Um, just in the interest in weighing in on this one, I, I t- like... I think a couple of my colleagues are kind of two minds about this, but, you know, it continues to be one of my priorities, and I think I'm probably speaking for most, if not all, of my colleagues when I say this, that one of our key touchstones is building people's confidence uh, in their city government. And uh, kind of echoing a, a few of Council Member Nixon's remarks, you know, that's what, when we do this, when we, and we do this well, we do this well in part because we have just amazing c m o uh, city manager's office and amazing uh, finance staff but when we do this th- this is a this is one of those key elements that, that builds people's confidence in our government but but I also you know council member Pascal made the point also our, our transparency and our accountability and our communications with our public are also part of that building that confidence so uh I'm kind of two minds about it. I th- think in the end, I would probably um, side with the mayor that um, if we don't have to remove one in order to add one, uh, I would just be inclined to keep it.
3: So maybe my suggestion would be I'll bring it back, included in the final product and then you can have a final discussion of it before you adopt the resolution. Would that Great. work for everybody? Okay, and then this is the last one. So I kept this as the last one since it's uh, we do it every only every eight years and it's overarching and it has implications for you know transportation transit pros plan and land use planning and so forth. But this is to complete the citywide outreach and planning actions necessary to update the comprehensive plan. And I had the transportation master plan related documents to maintain a sustainable, connected, and welcoming community where everyone belongs. So. I felt like if there was a place you wanted to add a lot, it might be this one, but again, you could also talk about additional city work program items if you
0: prefer. Councilmember
1: Curtis. Well, it sounds like just by the comments tonight, all of us in our mind flagged sustainability is not um, a specific goal and it's sort of tucked into other places. And it's important to the community. It's important to us. And how do we elevate it? And just like you, I went back and forth. Should it be its own goal, or should we expand it more um, during this comp plan discussion? What I came up with is the comp plan is obviously hugely important. This is our 20-year vision. And so it made me want to expand on this more, to be more clear to the community what the comp plan encompasses. Because I think that a lot of times we know what it is, but not necessarily can communicate, or the community doesn't really understand what it is, or our needs in education. So I was moving towards sort of throwing the kitchen sink in here and adding more details around continued housing actions, um, a stronger emphasis on environmental focus uh, that includes, you know, that we call out the continued implementation of the sustainability master plan. Because we talk about the comp plan, we talk about the transportation plan, but we don't talk about the implementation of our housing strategy plan or our sustainability master plan. So the, that was the direction I was going in. So some of the things that I jotted down was um, add something to this that that I thought Our housing goal is great and I was of mind to put what I'm going to say in that goal but maybe it goes here that I would like to add something that reflects additional housing actions and opportunities and the language I came up with was continue to implement strategies for the from the housing strategy plan because again we're we're using it Mm -hmm. and the community worked hard on it but we don't call it call it out as much as we could Uh, Prioritizing the retention and construction of attainable and diverse housing and monitor success through the Kirkland's Housing Dashboard because I think that that is something that we also need to continue to do and be really clear in our minds that we're doing that. I mean, we just talked about the 476 units. That's wonderful, but there's also a ways to go. Um, The other thing is, and as we know, last session HB 1099 didn't pass. It will probably come forward in this session. It was about adding environmental policy into our comp plans. So I think it's important that we huh. talk about environmental policy in our comp plan and add that. And the third thing that I wanted to add somewhere is we haven't talked about um, business development and economic development. And during um, the process of the station area plan, we talked a lot about uh, family wage jobs, and I think that it's really important that we, we keep our eye on the ball, especially in this time of economic un- uncertainty, that we attract and retain local businesses that support continued economic development and family wage jobs. So those are three things that we can fold into this comp plan bullet, or perhaps they end up we- pulling out to their own bullets and our work plan gets really long. But that's the direction I'm going is to... Um, to make this particular work plan item more comprehensive. Thank you.
3: See, Councilmember Falcone.
8: Oh, I'm sorry, Councilmember Falcone. Thank you, Madam Mayor. Thank you, um, City Manager. Well, Councilmember Kirst, I'm glad I went after you because you covered a lot of what was in my notes already. So, thank you. And um, Mayor Sweet, you mentioned earlier um, uh, my comments to you about wanting to to elevate sustainability and particular implementation of the sustainability. Master plan. Um, I agree with Council Curtis. I think that we could flesh out this um, work plan item a little bit more in the language that we have. My preference would be to have a separate item for sustainability and implementation of the sustainability master plan. I think that warrants its own item. Um, but the other items I agree, I think, should be wrapped into here. The only thing I would add to the housing, uh, Council Member Curtis did a wonderful job um, discussing the um, housing plan implementation and Um, and kind of what wasn't in the housing, the other housing action, the attainable housing. But one thing that I think is still missing is discussion on missing middle housing. We had our, um, at our council retreat, I think it was last year, a great great discussion around affordable housing. And part of that discussion was around missing middle housing and how we actually see more of that implemented um, to follow up to the legislation that we passed a couple of years ago or almost three years ago now, wow. Um, And so I'd love to see, and that's something that after the discussions that we've had since the council retreat have really been focused on um, that that would come as part of the comprehensive plan update. And so I think that's something that's important enough that should be called out specifically here, whether that be um, taking a look at our missing middle housing legislation itself or what other barriers there may be to that actually, um, to us seeing more missing middle housing being built. Uh, So those are my two main comments, thank you.
0: And you would be amenable to, to splitting those among the existing actions
8: and adding the sustainability one. Yes, I think that we can, as Councilmember Curtis suggested, add some more detail here under this item around housing and around um, perhaps under um, <clears throat> environmental issues as well, as she mentioned, um, House Bill 1099. Uh, but also I think uh, sustainability master plan warrants its own item. I would, if, you know, I would like to see it added somewhere. If, you know, the majority of us think that it should fit in here, I think that's fine as well, but my preference would be for a separate item.
0: Thank you for the discussion. Uh, Councilman Curtis.
1: I just have a follow-up question to city manager and you may be phoning a friend. Okay. Um, (laughs) But I seem to recall that we passed the housing uh, the housing strategy plan in two thousand nineteen, mm-hmm. and it, was it supposed to be a five year document? So will that be something that? Uh, we're that is a great question, because it <laughs> then it, it's about time uh-huh. twenty four. Yeah, and that ties into what Councilmember Falcone said about uh, revisiting our missing middle housing policy.
0: Uh, Councilmember P-
5: Uh just a question. So is this the time where we just kind of talk about other ideas, or are we still just on this one topic?
3: This is the last one. I have one more slide following this about the process, and then we just open it up for anything. So any further comments related to the comp plan? One before.
0: And do you feel like you have what you need? Yeah,
3: I, I'm going to have to take a, a couple cracks at it, um, but I think we can I'll give you some options at the next one. Uh, so this is my last slide. So uh, we've begun the discussion already, but I want to make sure if there's other items missing or things you want us to consider, we do that. And then the, this is something we don't want to rush the council on. We want to make sure you adopt it when you feel ready. But the idea would be to discuss this in the February meetings with adoption by the end of February, um, if possible.
0: State of the city so in February. <laughs> <laughs> so. Council Member
5: Sorry, did, did so yeah, so, so questions,
3: questions and ideas for further
5: elements. Yeah, thank you, Mayor. Yeah, I just had a a couple, a, a few themes that I was that I just wanted to bring up, and I don't know really if they fit into the work program or, or just I want to kind of. I guess I just want to talk talk about them on on the record. Uh, the first is kind of building off a of council member, um, Curtis's comments around economic development. I was looking for something around jobs and, huh. and, and businesses um and i you know our past work programs and haven't necessarily focused on those but this what i'm thinking is about supporting our small businesses creating jobs uh consider, and maybe this belongs as part of the comp plan but supporting home businesses you know we have we've had a real shift in how people work where they work um are there things that we need to be thinking about there to to, to support that uh, to address any impacts that that cause or create additional uh, or where new services or things are, are needed to support that. Uh, so that's something that I'm I'm thinking about, and I don't know where that uh-huh. fits in. Uh, the second piece is going back to some of the values I talked about earlier uh, around kind of communication, and it's really about one of the one of uh the work program items a few years ago was re-energizing neighborhoods and i don't know that that's the right thing this time around but we're coming out of the pandemic and i think people really want to get involved somehow they want to be heard they want to understand how they can affect change and they're feeling like you know this virtual world has been stifling at times um so how do we help promote that so you know, where, where people feel valued, they feel heard, where their input is considered, they know how to get involved, um, they're aware of major items that are coming before us that we need to hear from the community on, um, that our boards and commissions are, are uh, that we've given them good, clear direction, they're feeling energized and in, in part of the decision-making process, that people are just feeling very encouraged to participate in, in government. And I'm not saying that that's that's not happening. I'm just saying that we are coming out of this time period where I don't think that, I think there's some things that we can kind of shore up there um, um, to promote that. Um, Do do I have specific ideas on that? No, that's just kind of the theme that I'm I'm talking about. That's what I hear from people that I talk to. Um, And it could be just, I think, some folks being disillusioned about just that whole 85th street process and how long and, Uh, time-consuming that was and not feeling that they ultimately um, that their time that they invested was 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 something that was productive Uh, and then the third item was around the accountability and transparency theme and we've done a really really good job uh, with dashboards and I mean I'll call out like the police department dashboards Uh, really really good stuff the housing dashboard um, performance tracking around the parks does that on a monthly basis with their monthly report finance does that I'd like to make sure that departmentally mentally that we're doing it in a consistent manner um, that we have um, transparency into some of the things that we're doing and I, I'll call out two things that I would like to see or at least us talk about at some point would be the fire dashboard I haven't seen that in in it seems like two years or more um, And I think that's critically important to just understanding how are we doing with our call volumes? How are we, what are our response uh, times and things like that? I think that needs to be daylighted. And then as we're investing in street maintenance and um, right away in medians and things like that, I think it would be good to make sure we have some type of dashboard on how are we doing there? Because I honestly, as a council member, it's hard to, to, to know that, whereas you know many of the other departments, we get that information um, or it's included in the uh, consent agenda. And so we, we see that and then the public can see it. So those are kind of some themes and I don't know where they belong, but that, that would be, uh, figure out how to weave those in. Okay. It's something that I'd, I'd be looking for. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Councilmember Curtis. If
1: I may, um, I think, your input is good, and perhaps some of the topics, particularly the re-engaging, re-energizing, is how you put it, is a council retreat topic. Huh. Um, and I don't I don't know if we've figured out our council retreat agenda yet, but that might be something worth talking about. Um, and, I, and when you were speaking, you know, really the comp plan is about engaging our community and getting them excited about the vision and the future of our community, so we, PROBABLY THIS IS PRETTY DRY (laughs) COMPLETE OUTREACH WE PROBABLY MAYBE WANT TO ENERGIZE THAT STATEMENT AND TALK ABOUT HOW (laughs) WE'RE REACHING OUT INTO OUR COMMUNITY. THANK YOU. THANK YOU. Further DISCUSSION?
3: OTHER COMMENTS? GREAT. YOU'VE GIVEN ME A LOT TO WORK WITH. I'VE TAKEN VERY GOOD NOTES. SO WHAT WE'LL TRY TO DO IS BRING BACK FOR THE FIRST MEETING IN FEBRUARY Um, a draft that captures all this, and then council can discuss and amend that, and then bring it to the second meeting in February for final action. And if you have additional thoughts, please feel free to email me directly, or if you have suggestions on language, like on a sustainability language or something, please feel free to send those to me as well. Okay, well, thank you for all your thoughtful review. That's all I have for this item, Madam Mayor.
0: Thank you, city manager. Uh, With that, we will move into executive session. Uh, executive session will be followed by the dinner break. We'll be back at 7:30.
3: Thank you.
0: Thank you. We're live, Mayor. Recording in progress. We are back in session following a study session on the draft 2023-2024 city work program and an executive session for a review uh, to review the performance of a public employee. We're at item six in our agenda, communications, items from the audience. This is the time in our meeting when we normally hear from the public on matters that are not quasi-judicial or scheduled for a public hearing. We do have a quasi-judicial matter this evening. It is item 10C, Carillon Point Apartments Master Plan Amendment. On any other matter, please limit your remarks to three minutes and the council will receive up to three comments each on both sides of each issue. If you are present either in person or virtually and would like to address the council during this items from the audience period, please sign up using the online public comment instruction link or in person using the posted QR code. For those participating by phone, please dial star 9 to be recognized to speak. Community members will be called in the order in which they have signed up. Items from the audience is an important part of our business meeting and we ask that everyone be treated with kindness and respect. We ask that you please not clap or applaud after a speaker or express your disagreement with a speaker. We want everyone in Kirkland to feel welcome expressing their viewpoints regardless of content. Because that they can be disruptive, signs and placards are also not allowed in council chambers during our meetings regardless of their content city clerk could we a list
2: we do our first three speakers are Mason Burns Jennifer or Lori Superina and Jennifer Loy and they're all three on site so
0: miss burns
2: you help find
0: presentation miss burns can you say your name again my name's Mason Burns thank you that's okay
11: Alrighty, Hello, my name is Mason. I'm here to speak on behalf of Snyder's Corner Dog Park. In the fall of 2020, I purchased a puppy knowing that properly socializing him was going to be difficult due to the pandemic. In 2021, just one mile from my home, an underutilized field became the new home to Snyder's Corner Dog Park. I started bringing Bentley to the park every day to help him socialize, not knowing that he would not be the only one making friends there. Rain or shine, we went to the dog park after work for him to exercise and play with his friends and for me to decompress from the day with my newfound pack. When the park closed on November 1st, I was disappointed that now I had to drive 15 minutes or more to the nearest dog park and that my connection with my community would not be as seamless. Additionally, the other parks aren't as visible as Snyder's Corner Park and therefore I feel unsafe to walk through the trees or off the beaten path to get to them. I was born and raised in Kirkland. I've never seen a better use for this lot, and never expected something so simple would build a community as strong. I know that this has been echoed by every Snyder's Corner Dog Park user that has spoken before me, and that's because this park really has changed many lives. On On behalf of our community, I would like to thank the city council members for looking further into the logistics of reopening our park. We look forward to hearing the results. South Kirkland doesn't have a dog park, so it is vital to the residents that we get this park back and open as quickly as possible. We've had the driest winter in years and had great sunny days going into the new year. The weather in Washington hasn't closed other parks like Juanita and Jaspers. As members before have said, we are glad to adjust winter concerns by closing the parks, by closing the parking lot or reducing the footprint for the season. We have communication with dozens of community members who are ready to volunteer their time and are willing to fundraise to help bring the park back quicker. Instead of just telling you about the community we have built, I've provided some pictures. One family opened their home on Thanksgiving for those who didn't have plans and invited their pooches as well. We've had many meetups at local businesses and events such as Chainline Brewery, Flatstick Pub, Coffee Shop Dates, and Kirkland's Polar Plunge. The humans attended the production of Twas the Night at KPC, where one of our own was performing. We have welcomed new dogs to our pack, attended the union of two dog park members, and many, many other playdates that have resulted in very tired pups. Lastly, here's a picture of what our homes end up looking like when we don't have a uh, park to exercise our dogs at. Again, this isn't a want from the South Kirkland community. It is a need, a need that was met and then taken away almost three months ago. I would like to thank you again for looking into what is needed to bring the Snyder's Corner Dog Park back as a year-round pop-up dog park in February 2023 with plans for it to eventually become a permanent pop-up, a permanent dog park. We look forward to hearing back soon and gathering again at Snyder's Corner Dog Park with our pack.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Burns. And thank you for bringing the pictures. I couldn't open them.
2: (laughs) The the next speaker is Lori Superina.
0: Ms. Superina.
12: Hi, thank you. My name is Lori Superina, um, and I've been a homeowner and dutiful taxpayer in the Everest neighborhood for the last 15 years. You've heard so many of our dog park stories already, I know. As for my own, well, my mental health a year ago, it was crap. Dog S, if you will. Um, I was stressed, burnt out, and depressed. It's unfortunately not an uncommon story these days. And Tramishka, my now 13-month-old border husky pup, And yes, we know dogs have this daily need for exercise and socialization. Technically, so do we. It's just that his is both non-negotiable and insatiable. Now, don't get me wrong. I've been so thrilled living next to the Cross Kirkland Corridor, and I'm so delighted at what it's become. It's been great for the exercise part. Mary Moore's 40 acres of dog park is also great for hours of romping around, even if getting there can take an hour round trip thanks to traffic. But neither of these have that, Social stickiness. So how fortunate were he and I that this summer, you once again took that unused lot on Rose Hill and fenced a bunch of dogs and people inside of it. What grew out of that has extended far beyond the orange pla- its orange, orange plastic mesh. While still burning off a lot of puppy energy, a growing group of regulars sat around two humble picnic tables where we developed meaningful and genuine connections, much to the benefit of my own mental health. That's not something easy to come by in the Pacific Northwest, let alone in an era of remote work, Uber Eats, and Instacart. We really do appreciate your support in the last meeting with regards to the directive to the Parks Department to investigate reinstating winter access to our dog park. And to be clear, our expectation is that it is for this winter. If I could even be so bold, I'd love to set a goal for maybe even a month from now. We think this should be achievable when we look at what's been permitted for other parks with temporary year round status. And given the concerns of mud and parking that have long been discussed. And if not, we want to understand the specific concerns, proposed mitigations and timelines that are preventing achieving this goal. We very much look forward to reviewing the parks department findings and options in the next meeting. Because it really is now in the winter that it is so important that communities are able to have these opportunities to come together. It's been a month of ups and downs with holidays, snow and ice storms, sick days and time off of work. We're all struggling through these dark long nights holed up inside where it's warm and dry, but sometimes or oftentimes alone. I feel so grateful to have found this group this pack that sticks together to support and lift each other up, furry or otherwise. And I remain optimistic that we will soon have our park back to help maintain and nurture these very important relationships for myself, for Mishka, and for the rest of the community. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Ms. suprema The
2: next speaker is Jennifer Loy, followed by Alex Zimmerman.
13: Welcome. Thank you. I want to change things up to another council fan favorite, the La Quinta Permanent Supportive Housing. Um, I realize that there's a hearing on December 17th, and I, January 17th, and I'm coming here today by design. So there was a meeting that um, Lee, or at, um, Jim Lopez had, and thank you for coming, Mayor Sweet, on December 6th and it was with the Lakeview and Houghton neighborhoods, and it was it was really wonderful to have that kind of exchange. I really appreciate it. I then, after the fact, sent all of you an email on December 14th, and I don't know if you've had a chance with the holidays to take a look at it, but I'd like to draw it to your attention again. There's a lot of detail I'm not gonna go through this evening, but I would like you to look at it if you would. A um, couple of the high points I'd like you to look at between now and December seventeenth. Um, I believe there are some key structural issues with the way the documents, um, the legal documents, are being put together that I'd like to draw your attention to. I realize it's all work in process, and I come with collaboration in mind. Um, one of the key things is I really think that um, it's important to reject the King County's request to water down the background checks. Um, let alone you know, leave the, leave the citizens and the residents behind, um, it's most important to have a full understanding of who is being placed in the Kirkland facility to best staff it, to keep the other residents in the facility safe, and to keep the staff manning the facility safe. If you don't have a full understanding of who's in there, it's impossible to do that, and it could only lead to possibly bad things that you don't wanna have happen. Um, I think that structurally, the notion of requiring or of having the Good Neighbor Code of Conduct as a sub-document from the service agreement is flawed. And I'd like to really think about that. Um, that is such an important piece. And it, the things that, re, that are in that particular piece, the Good Neighbor Agreement, are the things that the city not the county is most responsible for. And so to actually take and you know, subjugate that agreement where you don't have as much influence and it's just underneath, it's gonna happen later and you don't have leverage, I think is something that you wanna really think about and it might be a concern and you might, I, I would recommend elevating that document to equal stature of the other two documents and not have it be hanging off the end of the service agreement so that you can actually take a bigger role in that because I do believe after that service agreement is signed, your leverage in terms of that agreement pretty much goes away. Um, And then finally, um, I would um, ask that you ask the county to make sure that they have active providers to provide the supportive services in advance of opening the facility with names and capacity for residents that actually need those services so that they, you don't get residents in there and they don't have capacity. Much more to say on the 17th, but I hope um, this will get you thinking about it, and I look forward to uh, seeing you all then. Thank you, Miss Lowe. Thanks. The next speaker is Alex Zimmerman.
0: Welcome, Mr. Zimmerman. Thank you.
9: Zeke Heil, my name, Nazi Gestapo, democracy, fascist, MAP, and Psycho. My name, is Alex Zimmerman, and I, right now, candidate for King Country, Bellevue, Consul, 23. So I come right now to speak about the situation, what is I see right now for many years, and I ten times have candidate before. So I spoke to Bellevue very simple. I d- asked them, open a page in in city.gov and put everybody who go for election now. To you, too. I spoke right now everywhere about this. Mesley Island, Redmond, Kirkland, Bellevue. What does this mean? This means we don't know who will go for election. And I ask City Bellevue, you too, you know what this means? for forum every two weeks. I explain to you why. We have absolutely idiotic situation, absolutely identical to German Nazi what has happened in, in Germany uh, uh, in 33? In 33, only 30% German vote for, for Hitler, for mm. Nazi socialist. But to, to 1939, 100 percentage. why? First, because Hitler did something very good. Yes, job, money, and because people scared, he kills everybody who have different opinion. This is exactly what has happened now here in King Country in Seattle. We go to election in May. Before August it's two months. And for my 10-year experience, 10-time experience, sometimes it's no forum, sometimes it's one forum for one hour. So how is a 35 percent idiot, you know what it means, elect only Democrat? Because they scared. You know what this means? Nothing different. All people in this planet identical, all human beings identical. They scared. They scared when one feel comfortable in safety, they work for democrats. They don't care about who they elect because it's not her goal. Their goal survive what has happened in German Nazi in Tory. So my proposition very simple right now. When we know whose people will be go for election. If we have a forum now every two weeks because we have a hundred problem, and no one problem, for my view, you know what it's mean. For last 20 year, in 10 year exactly, Democrat fix it. No one. No housing, no transportation, no homeless, no another BS, you know what it means, no one. So my proposition right now, very simple, to everybody who go for election, come here and talking about this. Put your name in your website so people know now who will go for election in May. You know what this means. And when you will start talking in how a forum every two weeks, it can change fundamentally everything. Mr. This is exactly the point. Thank you very much.
2: We have no other speakers signed up at the moment.
0: Okay. Is there anyone else who would like to address the, the council at this time? Seeing none, I declare this items from the audience period closed. Um, that takes us to the consent calendar. Before we have a motion, I'd like to ask Deputy Mayor Arnold to present the audit of accounts.
4: Thank you, Madam Mayor. We had payroll in the amount of $4,612,362.30 and bills in the amount of $7,007,598.02.
0: Thank you. Can I get an, a motion to approve the consent calendar? Moved. Second. The move by Council Member Pascal, seconded by Council Member Black. Um, any discussion? Councilmember Curtis.
1: Thank you, Madam Mayor. I would like to make a motion to amend the minutes. Under 10B1, um, when we discussed under uh, City Manager Reports the GMPC letter, um, our last meeting, we discussed that the letter would come back on January 17th, and the minutes it's reflected that it should come back tonight. So my suggestion is that we amend the minutes to reflect that the letter is coming back on the 17th.
0: Motion to amend the amendment. Second. Moved by Council Member Curtis, seconded by Council Member Falcone to amend the minutes of the last December meeting. Any discussion? Uh, Council Member Nixon.
10: Yeah, just just a question of order. I think the consent calendar is not meant to have amendments made to individual items on it. I think it would be better to pull it off the
9: consent calendar
10: and and then have a separate motion, which could then include the amendment. Just my, my feeling.
1: Item.
14: Yeah, I think it should be. My my advice would be to that it be be removed and considered uh, during business.
1: Okay. Okay, uh, strike that motion. <laughs> I would like to make a motion to uh, just pull the pull the consent calendar and make it item. Well, you want to pull this
0: item? From the minutes
1: the consent. from the. Calendar. Oh, this is too hard. <laughs> you don't have to yeah. make a motion. Kathy says I don't need to make a. No, motion. No, you don't. Let's pull it. Okay, <laughs>
0: so, so that will 9A1 make
10: one or nine a two. two.
0: Okay, so that will make it become business agenda. AN F. AN F. Somebody remind me when we get there. OK. So the qu- question is on the consent a- calendar, moved by Council Member Pascal, seconded by Council Member Black uh, with the item removed. All those in favor, please. Ordinance. Oh, There is an ordinance. Thank you. Uh, Clerk, will you please call the roll?
2: Councilmember Nixon. Yes. Councilmember Black. Yes. Councilmember Curtis.
0: Yes. Councilmember Falcone.
2: Yes. Councilmember Pascoe. Yes. Deputy Mayor Arnold. Yes. Mayor Sweet.
0: Yes. Thank you. Motion is approved. Okay. That takes us to our business agenda. First item of business is the park board member resignation and appointment. City Manager.
3: Okay, thank you, Madam Mayor. Um, So as you all know, uh, Park Board member Amanda Judd uh, has become a Kirkland City employee. We're very excited about that, and she's uh, stepped down from the Park Board. Uh, So the council has an opportunity to uh, appoint uh, the alternate, uh, Catherine Kearney, uh, to finish out her term, which ends on March 31st of 2023. Uh, There's a couple options the council could consider. The first is to appoint her for the remainder of the term and then have the next four-year term considered as part of the normal recruitment process or the council could appoint her for the remainder of the term and then the additional four-year term following that appointment.
10: We're happy to answer any questions.
0: Okay, so um, any discussion? Council Member Nixon.
10: Yes, Madam Mayor, I'd like to, in furtherance of option two, uh, move to appoint uh, Catherine Kearney uh, to the unexpired term ending March thirty-first, 2023 on the park board. And for the following four-year term ending March 31st,
0: 2027. Second, so moved by Council Member Nixon, seconded by Council Member or Deputy Mayor Arnold, um, to accept the resignation of Amanda Judd from the Park Board and to approve the appointment of Catherine Kearney to the Park Board for the following four-year term. A following four-year. Short-term term and the four-year term. The four, okay. Short.
10: Or unexpired
0: term. Unexpired term and for the following four-year term. Any discussion? Councilmember Curtis. Let's
1: see if I do a better job this time. Uh, with apologies to Ms. Kearney, I, I hate to ask her to go through the process twice, but I actually prefer that we appoint her now and then start everyone on the same uh recruitment and interview schedule. So I'll be voting no. Okay. Further discussion? member Black.
6: Uh, thank you, Madam Mayor. Um, I have a question for staff. Um, and I'm kind of putting staff on the spot and may not have the answer to this. And it may be a, a question for the a clerk. So I hope you feel comfortable answering. Um, how many positions on the park board do we have expiring this March 2023?
2: Only this one.
6: This would be the only one mm. mm-hmm. thank you for answering that if question
4: you, uh thank you madam mayor one of the things that i was thinking about in considering this issue is the parks funding exploratory committee's work in making recommendations to council and the importance of being able to hit the ground running and having some consistency throughout uh this year that will be a very big year for parks, and that's why I uh, am supporting Councilmember Nixon's motion. Councilmember
0: Curtis.
1: No, I sincerely appreciate Councilmember Black asking that question, which changed my point of view, so thank you.
0: Thank you. The question is on the motion to accept the resignation of Amanda Judd from the park board and to approve the appointment of Catherine Kearney to the park board for the remainder of the unexpired term and the following four year term ending March 31st, 2027. All those in favor, please signify by saying "aye." Aye. 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 Oh, uh, motion or those opposed? Nay. Motion is approved. It takes us to the CIP project acceptance for the proposed change of procedure. City Manager.
3: Okay. Thank you, Madam Mayor. So we have for Council's consideration a change to the administrative procedures about how CIP projects are accepted. Uh, for completion, and here to give you that presentation is John Starburn, our Deputy Director of Public Works.
15: Thank you. And it's been a while since I have been at this lectern, so I am uh, going to struggle for a moment to get my presentation in front of you. Is it, is it already there? I think it might be. Used to be this complicated.
4: Mm.
0: Here we go.
15: My apologies. Mayor Sweet, Deputy Mayor Arnold, City Councilors, Mr. Triplett. The item that is before you is a proposal to change a procedure the city has used for an unknown number of years, uh, which is to have the city council accept completed CIP projects. Um, uh, You may have asked the question over the years, why do we accept CIP projects in the first place? Uh, State law requires cities and counties to formally accept completed CIP projects um, in part that gives a, a finality to the contractor that the city is accepting that the contractors met the scope of work but also it's a formal step to begin a statutorily required lien period uh, whereby if the project is deemed acceptable then we notify three agencies of the state the Department of Revenue the Employment Securities Department and the Department of Labor and Industries, that um, we believe the project is completed and it starts a clock for uh, those to, uh, to, if there are any claim, outstanding claims, either from employees, subcontractors, or if there are any tax issues that need to be addressed. What we're proposing is an efficiency step um, Kirkland's practice is to have the council accept uh, the CIP projects, and that means that it is uh, part of the agenda process. It requires the staff member to create the staff report and have that run through the review processes. Um, It's also true that the lien period doesn't begin until the project has been formally accepted and notice sent to the state, and agenda items sometimes can get moved around uh, or delayed, Um, the publication date for the agenda packet means that if uh, an outstanding piece of information is a day late it will mean two weeks or more until the item can be before the City Council Uh, and in that regard for some companies smaller companies or newer companies a delay in beginning and ending the lien period and having their uh, their uh, bond or retainage released could be a financial hardship. Um, state law doesn't require the legislative body to accept completed CIP projects. It can be by an official of the city. And um, staff actually, when we were drafting this staff report, three of us have worked for 19 cities in King County. Um, and... Kirkland is among the minority to have the city council act on CIP completion. Uh, in, in most council manager cities, and in most we believe in most cities throughout the state, um, acceptance is a, an administrative step. So we are proposing that uh, by this resolution before you it become an administrative step that the city manager would be the person, city manager, or the city manager's designee, uh, to accept projects. Um, there would be a memorandum to the city manager to describe the property, uh, project, uh, to um, highlight budget performance, and to note any other performance issues, such as on requirements for minority, uh, women minority business enterprise requirements. Uh, and then after that data is presented and any questions asked um, we would provide the notice to the state uh, so there would be a, a savings of time through that the council wants to know what's going on with CIP projects we understand so we're proposing a quarterly report that would uh, be brought forward at the same time as the quarterly financial report and that report would have a project summary budget performance any issues about change orders, and note funds returned and to where they're returned. Um, And in the staff report before you, we provide samples of those two types of reports. So um, if you agree with this proposed change, um, staff recommends that you act affirmatively on the resolution, there would, there wouldn't need to be any code amendments, but there would be some internal documents that would need to be amended. Um, And it's also true that there still may be, there still will be a few CIP projects that will come to you for acceptance because the contract documents with people who build our projects specify what body um, provides final acceptance. So if we have some projects that have been going on for a while and they specify that you are the body to accept will need to come forward with those that concludes my report
0: thank you very much john discussion or do you does somebody want to put a motion on the floor
4: Councilmember, or deputy mayor arnold thank you madam mayor i move resolution 5567 concurring with the staff's recommendation to change the procedure related to the city's final acceptance of completed capital improvement projects. Second, the move, by
0: Deputy Mayor Arnold, seconded by Council Member Black, uh, to move Resolution 5567. Discussion. Uh, Council or Deputy Mayor, do you want it? Council Member Curtis? Yeah,
1: I uh, I'm all for saving staff time. And I do think it's important that the process is accessible to minority and women-owned businesses, smaller businesses. But I do enjoy reading the consent calendar and reading these, um, the, the projects. And I'm frequently impressed with the creative work of staff of saving money and solving problems and doing these well. And it helps me as a council member to be informed on CIP projects. And our community is very interested in CIP projects because it's what they see. So I will be voting in favor of this resolution, reluctantly, and I ask that when you come back with the quarterly report that it's not just project and financial details. Some of the things that I've appreciated that we've seen in the past is map, location where the project exists, uh, visuals, photographs, so that we have a better understanding of the completion of the project and what it looked like. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, Council Member mm-hmm.
5: Sorry, John. Did you have a re- response, uh,
15: Your Honor? We we have been. We're aware that the council is a, uh, a great source of information to and a source of inf- get information from the community, and that you have an interest in what's going on with our capital improvement program. So we've been uh, talking about ways to make sure that you are more fully informed and get the 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 real story about what uh, what's going on with some of these projects.
5: Yeah, I'd just I'd uh, like to follow up and say I fully support what council member uh, Curtis mentioned. I would would ask a couple things for consideration when you do come back with uh, this dashboard or report is one, we might have some comments on what we would like to tweak on it uh, perhaps. So just be open to some comments. And then two, personally, I would, if you're writing that memo to the city manager, about it, it'd just be nice to attach that, so that so then we'd basically be getting the same information and just be all lumped together quarterly, um, or have or somehow have access to that somehow. That would be great. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Okay. The question Mayor. is on the Sorry. motion. To Madam re- Mayor. Oops. Or, uh, uh, just
3: just to maybe provide some help in the future. Um, I'm just gonna suggest a potential amendment, which is to say, um, on line 60 of section two, where it says, um, sorry, line 59. So the Public Works Department shall include a quarterly report of the capital projects. We could say something including, but not limited to the dates the projects were completed, and so that we have the minimum, but we could continue to evolve what you see, and that, that way it's not just, we don't have to come back and amend this language if we add things like maps and photos and locations.
0: Uh, So
3: the suggestion would be, um, in front of the word, the dates of projects, you'd say, including but not limited to, comma, the dates the projects were completed and the budget performance of the projects completed.
0: Council Member Black.
6: Uh, Because I think it probably needs to come from the dais, I was just going to ask Deputy Mayor if you'd take that as a friendly amendment.
4: Absolutely. You seconding
6: it? Uh, As a friendly amendment, I don't think I need to,
4: but... Oh, okay. Since we're accepting the staff recommendation well as a as a point of order there's no such thing as a friendly amendment
10: there's an amendment yeah i know <laughs> uh, okay. but unless unless i mean it's an interesting point if the staff changed their recommendation and we were going to accept the staff recommendation that would be a different way but from from rules of order you just make move the amendment
6: okay um Madam Mayor, can I speak? Mm-hmm. I'd like to move for uh, an amendment uh, to the motion uh, on the resolution at line 59. Uh, Sorry, it should be line 60. That was my, my error.
3: So I'm thinking after the word quarter. After
6: 60. the word quarter, say including but not limited to, and then continue with the dates the projects were completed, et cetera.
0: Moved by Council Member Black. Second. Second by Council Member... Nixon to amend the resolution. All those in favor, please signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Motion carries. Question is on the amended. Do I have a motion? Mm-hmm. I do. No. can't remember who did it. Uh, question is on the amended motion to approve resolution 5567, moved by Deputy Mayor Arnold, seconded by... Councilmember Member Black. All those in favor, please signify by saying aye.
1: Aye.
15: aye. aye. Opposed?
0: Motion carries unanimously. Thank you, Your Honor. Thank you. OK. That moves us on to the next agenda item. This agenda item is quasi-judicial. It is the Carolyn Point Apartments Master Plan Amendment and with resolution 5570 approving the issuance of a process to be permit for an amended master plan as applied for in the planning and building department the Caroline point Apartments master plan and setting forth conditions at which such process to be permit shall be subject City manager are you with us?
3: Okay, thank you. So we're going to introduce the city attorney to provide opening remarks and then pass it over to staff.
14: Thank you, City Manager. Uh, Thank you, Mayor Sweet. This is a closed record quasi judicial matter based on the recommendation of the hearing examiner and the factual record developed before the hearing examiner. This means the Council will not be receiving any new testimony or evidence this evening. Here's the format the Council has established for this matter. Uh, Planning Department will make a staff presentation and be available to answer questions from the Council. That presentation will be made by Associate Planner, Jennifer Anderer. Thereafter, the Council may take this matter under advisement before taking action and voting on the process to be permit application for amended master plan either tonight or at the next or a following Council meeting. If the Council wishes to vote on the resolution this evening, the Council would need to suspend its rules to allow for that. When the Council acts on the application and the recommendation of the hearing examiner, it may grant the application modify and grant the application or deny the application if the council were to conclude that it cannot make a decision because the record compiled before the hearing examiner is incomplete or inadequate with respect to the permit application it could remand the matter to the hearing examiner for supplementary findings and conclusions on identified issues it's the council's intention that this matter be both be fair both in appearance and in fact and that it be conducted impartially with those intentions in mind. First, I would like to ask the council whether any council member has had any third party or ex parte communications with proponents or opponents of this application.
0: I see nothing.
14: Thank you, you, Mayor. Uh, Next, I would like to ask whether any council member believes he or she has prejudged this matter cannot remain impartial or has an interest whereby he or she stands to gain or lose by a decision either way see nothing. Thank you, Mayor Sweet. We are now ready to proceed. Turn it back to you, Mayor.
0: Thank you. Um, City Manager.
3: Okay, thank you, Madam Mayor. And so now we're going to give a presentation and associate planner Jennifer Anderer will make that presentation. Um, And the council then will be allowed to ask questions.
0: Welcome, Jennifer. Okay,
16: (laughs) thank you. Um, Before I jump in, can everyone see the single slide? No. No, okay. Did that help? Maybe not. Not yet. Okay, hold on one second. There you go. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I got it. So now are we? Are you seeing a single slide? We are. Wonderful, thank you. <laughs> All right, thank you, City Manager Triplett, Mayor Sweet, Deputy Mayor Arnold, and council members. Um, as noted, this is for the Carillon Point Apartments Master Plan Amendment. I have 14 slides. It'll take about 10 minutes to get through. Uh, feel free to ask questions along the way. And we do have members of the applicants team, um, attending the meeting tonight. So they're available to respond to questions as needed. So the existing sites located at 5604 Lakeview drive, it's between the cross Kirkland corridor and Lakeview drive, just south of Northeast 58th street. And this current development was previously approved, um, in 1988, through a master plan, this included 135 multi-family residential units. Those are housed in 13 different buildings, 284 parking stalls, which are divided amongst garages, uh, surface stalls and carports, and then also a recreation building along Lakeview Drive, which ultimately was not constructed. So the city's approved a variety of miter modifications since 1988, um, one particular in 1990 to omit that originally approved recreation building. And then moving ahead to 2019, the applicant submitted a minor modification to add the recreation building back into the master plan and locate the building adjacent to the CKC outside of map streams and wetlands. Staff reviewed that minor modification application and found that it didn't comply with the approval criteria because locating the building adjacent to the CKC significantly greater or or it has a significantly greater or different impact to the surrounding area. So since it didn't comply with that criteria, staff informed the applicant that their design as proposed would require a master plan amendment, and that's done through process to be so they also provided feedback that the proposal, um, the proposed building needed to be lowered to help protect views of Seattle, the mountains and Lake Washington. So taking that feedback and direction from staff, the applicant submitted their 2B application to develop the amenity building as shown here. If we switch our perspective a little bit, North is now pointing to the left. Uh, The proposed site plan would include a one story, 3084 square foot amenity building adjacent to the CKC. Has two additional parking stalls to support that building, one of which is ADA compliant a small critical area buffer averaging to allow 25 square feet of pavement within a wetland buffer. This is to accommodate a hammerhead turnaround for those stalls. And then an ADA pathway that would connect the parking to the building, and then it also links up with an existing pathway um, up to the CKC. So as I touched on earlier, uh, the main feedback from that 2019 minor mod, uh, the application was that a main design concept that's tied into the 1988 master plan is to maintain public views of Seattle, Lake Washington, and the Olympic mountains. So I've put in three different slides here. It's each of a different perspective showing the applicant's original minor modification design, and then their revised master plan amendment. So based on staff's feedback, they reduced um, the visual mass of the building. So removing um, a proposed two story staircase, There's the elevator penthouse that you can see there on the left, rooftop access. They also um, incorporated more transparent and open building materials and tucked the building form a bit more into the hillside. So this is um, looking south and along the ckc you get a little bit better visual of that staircase in the penthouse that was removed to see the comparison of the two and despite being a it's a slightly different angle but it does help you visualize how that is tucked further into the hillside and then this last perspective is looking west toward lake washington it's from the end of northeast 55th street So the image all the way on the left is the existing conditions as they are today. You can see those three cottonwoods that are discussed in the staff report. Um, They're slated for removal, but tree retention, including removals, any supplemental planting requirements, things like that, will receive final review by staff through the building permit. And then the slides on the right, in the upper right, is the design from the minor modification, and the bottom right would be our amendment today. Um, So these images kind of help show... Uh, The progression of the design as it's um, moved through the process and also helps kind of show what removal of those trees would look like to have a more cohesive view of the lake and the city. I did want to touch on the public amenities. So the applicant submitted a public amenity package. These aren't required by code, uh, but the applicant understands the project's proximity to the CKC, As a public resource for the community Um, and they worked with staff to prepare an amenity package, so this includes things like enhanced landscaping pet relief station upgrading. um, Of a memorial bench rental opportunities for the amenity space and also potential utility line connections for future city work in the ckc each of these items. Um, we'll have further coordination between the applicant and staff during the building permit. So for example, the landscaping and pet station, those will be incorporated into a standard review for code compliance with the building permit. Any improvements in the CKC right of way. So looking towards that memorial bench, um, those will be coordinated between the applicant, the public works department, and also the city manager's office to look at placement and design. And as far as rental opportunities, staff will work with the applicant during the building permit to dial in the parameters of the the public rental of the space. So this is really to make sure that that's a meaningful contribution to the community. Um, Looking at things like identifying the frequency of rental opportunities, whether that's a specific day, a number of days in a year, uh, time of day, process for requesting that rental space, contact information, things like that. And then the utility work would really be an interdepartmental effort. So pulling in planning, public works, city attorney's office, city manager's office, uh, prior prior approval of or prior to excuse me approval of the building permit, the applicant would work with these groups in an agreement for installation, use of infrastructure, or any other items relating to that utility line. so as far as the master plan is concerned as i mentioned earlier this is a project that's being reviewed as a 2b Um, it's an amendment because we already have the existing master plan so amendments still require zoning permit review of major development features non-residential residential residential uses uh, along with parking stalls so the applicant has submitted development plans they show all these details and there's no change in the number of approved dwelling units no reduction in parking spaces Um, So all other components of that 1988 master plan will remain unchanged and they're consistent with the prior approvals. The project was taken to a virtual public hearing uh, with the hearing examiner on December 1st. During that hearing city staff and Craig Clark representing the applicant provided testimony about the city's design evolution and compliance with city code. Staff did receive uh six comment letters during that initial comment period um and those are detailed in the in the packet um but in response to those comments and also just public outreach staff held a number of phone calls we had a zoom call with neighbors who live just east of the project and an on-site visit and then one member of the public provided testimony at the hearing itself they shared support of the project and we're looking for a little bit more information on the staging for construction. So the applicant did testify that staging would not impact public use of the CKC. And following the hearing, the hearing examiner did hold open, uh, held the record open um, through December 2nd, just in case anyone was unable to participate and so that they could submit their comments. And we did receive one letter. Um, it was expressing a desire to maintain everything as is. It, maintain the existing conditions on those views. So that was provided to the hearing examiner for consideration. And following the hearing, the hearing examiner did recommend approval of the amendment application. This is pursuant to some standard conditions, including compliance with development standards, submittal submittal of a final uh, tree retention plan, a lighting plan, um, recording documents, things like that. And we received no challenges to the hearing examiner's recommendation. I did want to touch on and just uh, pull up Council's decisional criteria for this application Um, for an amendment. It's really looking at consistency with the applicable development regulations, the comprehensive plan, and then public health, safety and welfare. And finally, as the city attorney had mentioned um, in opening of this item, this, uh, here are the decision options for tonight. So considering the hearing examiner's recommendation, council uh, can either grant the application, modify and grant the application, deny or remand the matter back to the hearing examiner for further review. Uh, and council may vote on the application tonight or at the next meeting on January 17th. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Okay, is there interest in discussion? Does someone want to make a motion? Council Member Nixon?
10: Uh, thank you, Madam Mayor. I move that we suspend the rules so that we may vote on Resolution Fifty Five Seventy tonight.
6: Second.
0: It's been moved by Councilmember Nixon, seconded by Councilmember Black, to suspend the rules uh, so that we can vote on the issue this evening. Any discussion? All those in favor? Oh, Councilmember Curtis.
1: I have a lot. <laughs> Not really. Thank you, Jennifer. Um, I just want to say that I appreciate, this is a tough one, honestly, guys, Um, and I appreciate the outreach to the community, the extra meeting, and the expanded notification area. Um, The CKC is a beloved amenity, and the Houghton Porches is is pretty special. Um, And community members are protective of the potential impacts of the CKC, but we will see, as the city changes, we will see development along the CKC, and I think this process has been very thoughtful and um, I will support the uh, hearing examiner's recommendations, but I do have questions and um, I'm gonna raise those now and staff can come back or they can answer them now. Um, One of the things that I was very in support of was including we've received requests from the community for more public bathrooms and I was very hopeful that a public restroom would be in this, um, this building I understand that the applicant will not be doing that, but that they will allow us to tie into um, the utilities in order to later provide a public restroom. I would like to know from the city, have we penciled out what that would look like, what it would cost for us to do that. I'm assuming that if we decided to move forward with that, there would be cost savings to us doing it now while the construction process is happening. So I'm hoping that we can come back with a conversation about that. Another thing, I really am appreciative of the landscaping and the benches that are going in. I would like to see if the city can pop, again, the Houghton porch is a wonderful amenity and I see a lot of people out there enjoying the views and the sunsets. I would be curious um, if there are funds that the city can contribute to expand the benches so that there's more seating areas, more places for people to relax and that we can provide additional uh, bike racks, rec- racks beyond the one that's being provided by the, um, by the applicant. Um, particularly to the applicant, I would like to see the dog bag station moved. Right now, it's currently set for right as you come down the bottom of those stairs. The first thing you're going to see is that dog bag, bag station. The apartment residents actually use the property to the south to relieve their pets. I would like to see it moved down there i'm hoping the water bottle fill station will be available for public use and i would love to see it include a dog fountain i'm wondering if we did discuss with the applicant the possibility of doing a green roofs <laughs> no surprise i said that folks um, to see if it could possibly blend into the landscaping um, so that it's less intrusive and i w- i do acknowledge that the modified building is a great improvement over the original um, application. Um, Trees, I see that the three cottonwoods and other trees are being removed and I'm looking at the landscape plan right here and there is, I would love to see the the tree mitigation plan and how that's gonna go in together because it's not on the landscape plan. And the last thing is we talk about signage and I would love for the community to understand that they can use the Carillon property to, to reach the waterfront. And I would love for the signage to include some directional signage so that the community um, sees that that's a way to get to the waterfront. It's a way that I frequently walk to the waterfront. And my point in all of those comments is, is I wanna make sure that this is an asset to the community, not just to the Carillon property. So these are suggestions to make it more of a public benefit. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Councilmember. And appreciate your comments. Any further discussion? Councilmember Pascal.
5: Yeah, good comments. I guess the question for staff would be uh do you need a motion for some of those? Or what, what's, what's the process here if, if, if there was so, support for, for, for some? Of-
3: so a couple things. One, the motion you have before you right now is to suspend the rules so that you could vote on the actual ordinance itself. Um, but to add those things, then we would probably need a motion when you get to that second part. Um, I will say that we do not have an estimate of what a bathroom was cost. We haven't, we haven't done any work on that, but we certainly could.
0: So let's go ahead and move through the motion to suspend the rules, unless, City Manager, you feel like there's a reason not to because we shouldn't act tonight.
3: Well, if you wanted the answers to the questions before you acted, then obviously you'd want to wait till the 17th. Some of those questions, and I guess staff should respond from the planning department, some of those questions would be answered during the permitting process and are not necessarily to be incorporated in this. But you could certainly have some direction language as well.
0: Adam, do you have a sense?
7: Yeah. So I think there's a couple of questions that could be answered by the applicant, um, including about green roofs, which was explored during the process, um, and then... There are things that could just be modified as part of the application like um the items that council member curtis mentioned like expanding the seating area adding additional bike racks um moving the dog bag station away from the bottom of the stairs um including a dog fountain those are things that could be added to the application as a modification that would require an amendment to the resolution as well so um it's You could either direct us to modify the resolution tonight if you want those things added in, um, or we could bring back a new resolution um, for approval at the next meeting.
0: Thank you, Adam. Councilmember Nixon, you wanna speak to your motion?
10: Yes, well, so the motion is is simply to allow us to vote on the resolution tonight. Um, uh, We could, if we wanted to consider including some of these things in the resolution I personally think the best thing to do would be to not suspend the rules and just uh, lay out what we want the staff to bring back, and uh, I assume there would be some offline discussions with the applicant as well. you um, we withdraw? Uh, can't really withdraw, but I could move to table. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, or we could just vote to suspend or vote to suspend the rules but then never do a motion on the actual adoption of the resolution that would be another course of action <laughs>
0: but given where we are I think that's probably the best thing to do so I'm going to say the question is on the motion moved by council member Nixon seconded by council member black to suspend the rules. all those in favor please signify by saying aye aye aye, aye. 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 opposed the motion carries unanimously Is there a motion to approve the resolution? I think that we wanna postpone
4: the resolution. Uh
1: Oh,
0: Daphne Bear Arnold.
4: Uh, I would like to move to approve resolution 5570, approving the issuance of a process to be permit for an amended master plan. As applied for in file
0: Z1210460. Uh, Second. Be moved by Deputy Mayor Arnold, seconded by Council Member Nixon, um, to approve Resolution 5570.
4: Discussion. Council, or Deputy Mayor Arnold. Thank you, Madam Mayor. Councilmember Curtis, you have a number of great ideas. I'm. Um, Confused on how many of those are things that are city actions to say we should think about our own investments that go in this versus requirements on this particular uh, master plan amendment approval. I would note that this master plan is on private property, it does not involve any city owned property of the Cross Kirkland corridor. And so I am um, a little concerned about some of the scope of what you ask compared as something that we can require, um, as part of this master plan, um, uh, process. There are other things that are, as the planning director mentioned, that could be addressed later and we could talk about what those are, but there are some pieces of it like requiring a green roof that I, um, uh, think go beyond what's indicated in the record and the hearing examiner's recommendation. So um, I'm wondering if there's some things we could split up here to say it's separately direction to staff for future city actions versus what we're approving in the permit today.
1: Thank you deputy mayor and I do realize that some of what I've requested are city requests and some are things that the applicant can do it with ease by such as moving the dog bag station. I would prefer that we table this now and come back on the 17th with answers to my questions rather than trying to split it up tonight.
0: Councilmember Nixon.
10: Um, thank you. Um, yeah, so uh, the, the list of things that uh, Councilmember Curtis mentioned are all things that I think are great ideas. And I, I think it's worth exploring the best way to accomplish those things. I, I do note that the staff memo indicated that there are multiple opportunities left in the process. We're at the beginning, even though this has taken a very long time, we're still at the beginning of this process, not at the end. And uh, they will be going through the building permits, the landscaping plans, all those things. And so a number of those things will come through that way. And um, I I agree that it would be very interesting to, to get more from the staff on what it would take to do the city's part of this proposal uh, with the restrooms, et cetera. Um, and and I, I have a pretty strong feeling that if some of the things uh, that are proposed would not have uh, significant costs associated with them, like adding a dog station to the water bottle filling station, then um, the applicant might just agree to that, you know, if, whether it's a formal part of the building permit process or not um, uh, so m- my feeling is that we would just go ahead and a- approve the master plan amendment and then work out all the other things subsequently and so I'll support the motion um, uh, but then also look to the staff to come back and uh, with a, a response to all the the points that councilmember Curtis made.
5: So, is my understanding with these quasi-judicial processes that uh, we can ask questions of the applicant, or is that mm-hmm. not? So, I would be interested in hearing a response from the applicant on some of these items, if they're so willing.
14: Non- I think the only limit—I think the only limitation, there, Councilmember Pascoe, is that uh, it's, a, it's a closed record hearing, and so there, it's not uh, tonight's not an opportunity to introduce new evidence. Okay. All right. Never mind.
0: Councilmember Black.
6: Uh, thank you, Madam Mayor. So uh, I was just going to um, comment to say that um, because of the posture of this uh, decision as a quasi judicial matter, um, I'm going to be supporting this motion based on the record and the hearing examiner's uh, recommendation, even though um, I like has already been said by council member nixon and um and uh, deputy mayor arnold the some of the items that Councilmember Curtis raised are great ideas, and especially those that are uh, ideas that the city could implement on uh the city's right of way uh, I would definitely like us to explore that, but again, just to reiterate, since this is a quasi judicial matter and we have a recommendation from the hearing examiner, forum on that basis i'm going to be um And on the record that we have in front of us, I'm going to be supporting the motion.
0: Uh, Council Member Curtis.
1: Thank you. I don't know if Council Member Pascal was before me. Doesn't
5: matter. Okay.
1: I, I understand. And my fear is this is going to go off into the ether, and if I hold a line for the 17th then you could come back with answers. So if we vote in favor of this tonight, can you give me some idea of when we can bring this back for discussion?
3: And so I would like to both the planning director and the city attorney on some of the issues that you raised in your list are in the public amenity proposal already in the record. There are modifications to that. Some of the issues you raised are not and I think we would probably need to say which are which and that would probably take us to the 17th to say these are things you can talk about based on the record and potentially modify and these are things that you cannot um, but again i'd look to kevin and, and adam for that if the council approves this we can certainly take action on the permit processes as well um and and talk about some of those things as well but but we would again we need to come back on the 17th to exactly how we would do that but maybe adam or kevin yeah. should speak to the
7: first yeah i think I think if I could ju- ju- just jump in really fast, I think most of the, uh, these items we can bring back responses to on the 17th. Um, I mean, in regard to the cost of the restroom, I think that's probably something that we could at least provide a back of the envelope assessment of or you know, um, analysis of. Um, we can talk to the applicant about these slight modifications to things like the expanded seating area and the additional bike racks, et cetera, and provide a response on that. Um, we can pr- probably provide a response on why the green roof wasn't ultimately pursued? Um, the tree mitigation plan, which Council Member Curtis brought up, I think that's something that would just again be deferred to um, the building permit process. We, we can maybe provide a little more detail about that at this point. Um, like the cottonwood trees are being removed, and there will be replantings. Um, and then the more the additional directional signage between the waterfront and the CKC, I think that probably warrants a little bit of a discussion with the applicant. But I think we can probably bring back um a recommendation on that that would be within the the um scope of the existing proposal does that sound good to you city attorney
14: yeah it does i mean it's a good description of the kinds of additional information that staff could bring back to council at the at its january 17th meeting um just going back to uh, earlier questions and comments a reminder that the decision if you make one tonight is based on the record developed before the hearing examiner. You have a have some options, which includes uh, modifying uh, the application as part of a grant, or if if you feel that there that the record developed before the hearing examiner was inadequate for you to make a decision on a permit, you could take the take the step of remanding it to the hearing examiner. So I just I did I mention that not to further Muddy the waters, but just to remind you that you do have the the ability to take the recommendation and to modify it or to remand it or to uh, take action tonight and to receive further information from staff at the next meeting.
0: Council
8: Member Falcone. Thank you, Madam Mayor. Um, Well, I have some ill-conceived thoughts. I think we've uh, (laughs) referred to them before. Um, Just kind of listening to this and thinking you know we initially started off by suspending our rules to be able to vote sooner than we would typically do right and I think a good reason for that would be if we're prepared to take a vote and we feel like there are no unanswered questions Um, but I support Councilmember Curtis's questions that she has and it sounds like from staff that there are potentially some modifications that we could make to this potentially um, if we follow our typical timeline and process and bringing this back to the next meeting. And so I, I guess I'm just not convinced that we should, even though I did vote to suspend the rules, um, given that I feel like um, I prefer to table this. Um, but it sounds like I don't know how other folks are feeling. It sounds like other folks are in, in, not in support of that. But if we feel like we are, then I'd be happy to make a motion to table this until our next meeting, that would be my preference because I feel like why rush it? If we can you know, follow our typical timeline and process then we can get Council Member Curtis's questions answered and we can potentially modify this um, to include some of these things that I'm hearing my fellow council members agree with the ideas and concept. It just seems like a process question um, as to whether we do that now or as part of the permitting process. It sounds like there might be some that we could do now and some that we could do during the permitting process Um, SO MY THOUGHTS ARE, WHY RUSH? Um, SO I DON'T KNOW WHAT THE PROCESS WOULD BE FOR THAT. DO I MAKE A MOTION OR COUNCIL Curtis? DO YOU WANT TO MAKE A MOTION TO TABLE THIS? DO YOU FEEL STRONGLY ENOUGH THAT YOU WANT TO TRY TO DO THAT? OR DO WE FEEL AS IF THAT'S um, NOT WHERE THE MAJORITY IS AT THIS POINT?
0: COULD I ASK A CLARIFYING QUESTION OF THE CITY ATTORNEY? YEAH. CITY ATTORNEY, IF WE ARE TALKING ABOUT 55 D the three options were to modify,
14: which, review those yeah. once again. Yeah, well, f- uh, the three options, Mayor, are to grant the application um, uh, based on the recommendations of the hearing examiner to grant the application, but to modify it in some way or based ways. On,
0: or- would that also be based on the recommendations of the hearing examiner?
14: Yeah, that would well, be based on the record developed before the hearing examiner. So you this just... is
0: actually new information. Yeah.
14: So that's, I think Councilmember Falcone makes a good point. I wish I'd f- remembered to add it in my earlier remarks, which is that you can just decide not to act tonight and you could receive a staff report at the next meeting. Ultimately, when you're ready to act, the decision you make should be based uh, on... On the record that was developed in front of the hearing examiner unless you feel that the record was incomplete and needs to be remanded but there's no reason why you couldn't hold off on taking action tonight receive a staff report. uh, At the next meeting to describe what kinds of issues could be addressed in the permitting process what kinds of issues that may be city of Kirkland issues could be addressed by the city and how that might happen and then see how you feel then. But ultimately. You're not going to be, you're not going to be wanting to make this decision based on new information. You'll want to make it based on uh, the record that was before the hearing examiner. But that doesn't mean you can't receive a report from staff on, on the, some of the questions that council Member Curtis and others have asked. Thank you, city manager.
0: Councilmember Curtis.
1: Thank you, Madam Mayor. And thank you, council Member Falcone. I'd like to make a motion to lay the question on the table and, and readdress on January 17th.
0: Second. Okay, it's been moved and seconded to table the motion. Do we need discussion? Does it require discussion? So the motion is therefore tabled until the 17th? You have to vote. Oh, yeah, that's that. um, all those in favor, please signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Nay. The motion carries 6 to 1. Okay, are we done with that?
10: No. We have more to talk about next week.
0: Oh, exactly. <laughs> but I don't have to do anything with 5570. Thank you very much. All right. That then takes us to item D, personal delivery devices. City manager.
3: Okay. Thank you, Madam Mayor. So, once again, to make our presentation here is our Public Works Deputy Director John Starbird. Uh, we're going to be providing the council uh, overview of our draft, Um new zoning amendments related to personal delivery devices. We're not looking for final action by the council tonight, but we are looking for uh, comments and potential amendments, if any, that we might bring back to a future council meeting.
15: Hello again. The, uh, the council has discussed this item several times over the past year so primarily for the purpose of the record I'll um, review the, uh, the process that led us to tonight um, it, the city observed that there were there was some testing of personal delivery devices little um, autonomously controlled uh, delivery devices, uh, and they were uh, testing those on the public rights of way. Uh, At that time and now, the city doesn't have any regulations for how to uh, uh, issue permits for the use of personal delivery devices on the rights of way. So the city established a moratorium in January of 2022, and that has been uh, extended or renewed twice uh, most recently last month and the uh, the existing moratorium is in effect until uh, late June of 20 of this year 2023 um, over the course of the year since the moratorium was first established we had a number of community meetings we discussed the matter with the Commission and we've discussed it with you several times and all along the way there have been opportunities for public comment and uh, and uh, for the, uh, the public to express its interests and concerns about this matter. Uh, also during the year, we researched some of the questions that were raised by you and the community, such as uh, concerns about how personal delivery devices interact with the ADA community. Uh, and we also checked insurance and liability issues with the Washington City's Insurance Authority. Um, in Late last year, Amazon issued a national press announcement that it was suspending its autonomous delivery, uh, personal delivery device program, which it calls Scout. Um, However, the city still does not have regulations for this type of use on the rights of way or on private property. And um, another applicant may come along because it is an emerging technology. At the end of this PowerPoint, I have a summary of The questions that some of you have raised in response to the material that's in front of you tonight. Hmm. Um, We're not advancing. There we go. Um, When we talk with you on May 3rd, Uh, we showed draft zoning code regulations for the operation on private property and we had only a conceptual framework for operation on the rights of way Um, at that time the council um, expressed opinions that if private property owners wanted to have personal delivery devices on their sites that was probably acceptable, and, uh, but we did, the council did not adopt zone and code amendments. But you did ask for additional evaluation on matters related to the rights of way. Um, and you wanted to see performance-based regulations as they apply to the rights of way, and you had a number of concerns that requires some research on our part. The draft ordinance that's before you uh, is structured in the following way. Uh, It calls for an application process and that would lead to a six-month pilot project uh, if the application, if the permit is granted. Uh, Part of the application process would include uh, a requirement to provide baseline data related to greenhouse gas emissions, um, uh, anti-hacking protocols that are, the applicant would have, and a sworn affidavit from the applicant uh, in that it would not use the data collected from the personal delivery devices um, other than for the delivery of products. Um, the reason for the climate or the, the greenhouse gas data was that one of the promotional points made by the applicant is that personal delivery devices um, reduce greenhouse gas emissions and so we wanted to have a a measurement of how that performed. Uh, The the ordinance also has additional requirements for the device itself um, so that it would be able to activate crossing signals and rapidly flashing beacons, um, that it would have detection and sound technology for those near the devices, uh, particularly for those who are sight impaired, uh, and that there would be identification and of each device and a customer contact, uh, either telephone number or email or both, in case there were problems that the public wanted to report about them. Um, The limited authorization pilot project that is proposed in the ordinance was actually based upon Amazon's original proposal when they came to us uh, a year ago. So that uh, some of the the terms that are in the ordinance, such as four pilot areas, uh, are actually what Amazon proposed to us originally. At the end of the six-month trial period, the applicant would... um, provide a report on performance and that would be reviewed by the director of public works and a determination would be made whether or not to allow continued operation on the rights of way after the pilot period Uh, again the ordinance that's before you is only concerning the rights of way there there is a separate um, document concerning amendments to the zoning code To serve the council's uh, and the community's interest, personal delivery devices would not be allowed on the cross Kirkland corridor, greenways, and it would have limited, opera- be a limited operation on school walk routes, and it would not be able to use crosswalks with rapidly flashing beacons unless the technology was provided to activate them by the personal delivery device. Um, restrictions on what could be carried, delivered in the personal delivery devices would be those that are identified in state law, but this ordinance also adds prepared food, drugs, marijuana, fireworks, and items regulated by the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. To address ADA concerns, uh, the devices would be disallowed on sidewalks that are narrower than five feet. would require that lights are operating uh, and the, uh, the warning signal technology is activated whenever the personal delivery devices are moving or operating, that they must move to the right side of the right-of-way within five seconds in order to allow pedestrians and those using the sidewalks and right-of-ways, mostly unimpeded access, and that they must vacate an ADA ramp within five seconds. Regarding greenhouse gas emissions, um, uh, it is asking for baseline data on deliveries in the test areas and in the city now and then uh, periodically to provide information on deliveries by the personal delivery devices compared with um, conventional delivery vehicles. Um, and um, the, the report would also address performance issues of the devices such as their, uh, the frequency of equipment failures, or aborted deliveries, um, in order to again get a better sense of whether this is serving uh, or improving um, customer service for the for the applicant's use, uh, and also uh, those greenhouse gas emission um, claims that were made. Uh, it allows the city to remove a device that is compromised or disabled or has been moved to a different location. There is the complaint line requirement um, and the ordinance requires delivery both to single family and multi-family uh, to address equity issues. When this program was first proposed to the city, the statement was that the device would only deliver to single family. In the months that Transpired uh, Amazon said that they were looking to develop uh, to deliver to multifamily as well Um, It's also as a reminder that and as I've stated this before Amazon has announced that it's suspending its program So we do not have a current application from any party for personal delivery devices now the uh, council has asked some questions in the last day or two. Uh, could the maximum speed proposed to six miles an hour be higher, and that's actually specified in state law, so we couldn't go higher, we could go lower. Um, uh, a member of the council may have proposed amendments regarding language on privacy cond- considerations. There was a question on whether the operating hours were too limited. Um, A question on why the ordinance proposes a restriction on delivering prepared food. Um, Some um, recommendations and reflections on climate change, greenhouse gas emissions, and fossil fuels. Um, And very honestly, for two of you on the council, uh, an issue that is hard for me to summarize regarding counting trips, Uh, as part of the reporting process as opposed to what is proposed. Um, Clarification that the ordinance talks about van deliveries, but there are actually other kinds of vehicles, both those that use fossil fuels and and maybe electric. Um, And and so that's um, something that may need to be amended. And an interest in having a user fee for the operation of these devices on public rights of way your honor I will try to answer your council's questions
0: okay Uh, council do you want to follow up on
1: okay go ahead councilmember Curtis I just whispered to the mayor I'll go first because mine was quick Um, in the memo uh, from November 3rd including next steps was does council allow if council allows operation right away do we want to charge a user fee and it wasn't in this memo so my question was did we determine that that wasn't legal or viable so it's um, still something we can explore it is okay
15: and um that was an oversight uh, okay. to not include it but you're correct when we were preparing the materials for tonight it was on the PowerPoint. See,
1: I, re- I read everything i, guess you and do. I compare. <laughs> so. okay so that is something that i would like to explore i don't think that it necessarily impacts this ordinance, but it is something that I think we should look at.
0: Uh, Councilmember Nixon.
10: Uh, thank you, Madam Mayor. Well, I'll I go ahead and, and chat briefly about uh, the questions on the list that John just presented to us that were for me. Um, I, I noted that Section 80 of the proposed ordinance um, was captioned climate change, but never mentioned climate change anywhere in the section. And um, I was trying to figure out, well, what is it that we're actually trying to measure um, by these various reports? And it struck me that we were actually trying to measure reduction in fossil fuel use. We can't measure climate change very well, but we can measure whether we're actually resulting in a reduction in fossil fuels use. And then uh, the deputy mayor kind of responded to that and suggested, well, maybe what we're trying to do is reduce TRIPS. Then we got into the discussion of how do you define trips? Because does it mean each delivery point is a trip, or does it mean the whole circuit that the robot runs is a trip? Um, and are you really eliminating trips when you have to have a van bring all the packages to a hive, and then the hive gets puts, somebody at the hive puts those in the PDD, and then they go out? Uh, so you still had a trip. Um, and so this is, this is all a, a very complicated thing that I think is going to um, require more discussion, is what is it that we're trying to measure and why? I mean, we're trying, what's our goal? Well, of course, you could always ask, does the city really need to have a goal <laughs> to allow these or not allow these? But if we have a goal, what is that goal? And um, so th- those were the main questions that I had. And also the question about, van deliveries, I thought that was not a sufficient comparison point because we get Amazon packages delivered to our house from people driving sedans, sometimes electric sedans or hybrid sedans. And so even then, you're not necessarily reducing fossil fuel use from going from a battery-powered car to battery-powered PDD. So um, I don't think we have a resolution to these things on the basis of our discussion that we've had so far. Uh, And I think we need to uh, give uh, staff a chance to review the various things we've discussed. And you've all seen my email. It was buried kind of down below um, and then John forwarded it out to everybody. Um, Just to see what is it that we really want to measure on an ongoing basis to determine whether The PDD project is being successful. Thank you.
4: Thank you. Deputy Mayor Arnold. Thank you, Madam Mayor. Since Amazon has uh, withdrawn their application, we have the opportunity to think about this from the standpoint of any automated, any entity that wants to provide automated personal delivery devices. And I have five areas that I'd like to explore some staff amendments to. To, to come back to address that. First is on uh, Section 30, on uh, the requirements of, of, of privacy. There's some language in there that says the entity shall not sell or provide exchange uh, transfer data generated by the PDD to any third party. That kind of assumes an Amazon-type delivery where they are not only the seller of goods but the deliverer of goods. And I'd like to make sure that we're thinking about this from the standpoint of an automated personal delivery device that that's what the entity is and may be kind of the middle, um, uh, middle person between somebody selling and somebody buying, so that there, wouldn't, there would need to be that exchange of information. In addition, given that data exchange is covered by state and federal law, I'm not sure if the city wants to get involved in it. I think the privacy issue that we're talking about here is the information that's needed to automatically navigate and deliver goods. We want to make sure that that data is specific to what's needed to do that. So I'd like to look at some language that would talk about the PDDs, only gathering and storing information related to that automated navigation along the right-of-way and delivery of goods and... um, Uh, the in preserving the existing language that that data couldn't be used for any other purpose Uh, but less concerned with the language there and would actually support removing it that talks about the exchange um, transfer or selling of data i don't think we should be involved in second area is the hours of operations Uh, currently the what amazon had requested was nine to four if we're looking at the value of this uh, among the community and being able to uh, receive, because you have to be there to receive deliveries, I would be in support of expanded hours, like 9 a.m. to 8 p.m., as an example. There's also a restriction uh, on that the PDD should be limited to one delivery route per day. I don't see the value of that. If they're going from the dispenser making multiple deliveries per day, i don't see why we should be involved in that um third area the restriction of prepared food i don't understand uh in talking to staff it was more about potentially scaling back the pilot of this i look at prepared food as a primary use case of this and would support an amendment to strike the restriction on prepared food and then um Finally, on the uh, metrics and reports that Councilmember Nixon had talked about, one of the reasons why I think we should focus on trips is because uh, a couple of things. One is, as Council Member Nixon has mentioned, it becomes very difficult to measure some of the greenhouse gas impacts given um, what we don't know about the existing fleet. But in the case of an entity that's just providing automated delivery devices and isn't in the delivery van business i think we need to be able to deal with that as well to say here's the information we want about these deliveries um, when they're not necessarily replacing vans or other areas so those are the five areas that i'd like to see staff return with some uh, potential language for uh consideration thank you
0: thank you councilmember black
6: uh, thank you, Madam Mayor. Well, all good suggestions uh, by my um, other council members. I had a list of two things I wanted to ask staff to take a look at real quick. Or, take a look at real quick. Take a look at in connection with the next draft of the ordinance. Um, the first one I'm going, to, it has to do with the city's uh, remedy in the case of a um, a device that's become damaged or has been You know, basically stuck in place. So I would just call attention. I guess the staff that's listening, call attention to Section 90A. Uh, In that section, we do talk about the obligation of the eligible, the permitting, the permitted entity uh, to remove or retrieve an abandoned um, or disabled device within 30 minutes. Um, We do in the very last section of sentence of that section. Cross re- cross reference um, the city's rights in section 110. But if you actually go to 110, um, what we say is the city reserves the right to revoke the permission, so basically revoke the permit. There is some mention of us being able, us meaning the city being able to remove or retrieve a PDD. That's in section 100. Um, but there we're really then talking about in the event that we have retrieved or. Move to PDD, then we can uh, seek penalties. There seems to be a little. There's something missing in, from a legislative standpoint here. Uh, and what I would really at the end at the end, of, at, the end of, uh, at the end of it, what I would like us to be able to do is, if there's a abandoned, disabled, damaged device, I would like and and the permitting the operating entity doesn't come out in 30 minutes to remove it. That if we're getting repeated complaints about it from our citizens our residents i mean um that we can we have the right to go out and and retrieve it we seem to suggest that we have the right to remove it or retrieve it in 100 but we don't actually unless someone can point me to where i missed it there's nowhere in sections 90 100 or 110 where we actually say that we have the right to uh remove or retrieve a device um, so i would like us to build that in either it probably fits in 110 or it fits in one, in uh, 90. So that's uh, number one. And then the other, the last one, um, in Section 90D, uh, we state that the, uh, the operating entity must establish and advertise a complaint line, which may be in an online f- platform. Uh, I just keep imagining that that's going to be a, that, that the operating entity, if it is Amazon, and not to pick on Amazon, but uh, they have a pretty robust online experience and they have a customer support, uh, links and such, but you're going to be clicking six, seven, eight links in before you finally get to the complaint line where you can file a complaint about a PDD. It's on the sidewalk. Um, I, we're, we're talking about having that complaint line in that subsection, and we're also talking about having records related to it so that we know um, what complaints are being filed in the city of Kirkland. I would like to be a little bit more prescriptive in that subsection and require that to be a Kirkland complaint line, um, hopefully not buried six clicks deep in their webpage uh, or website, and that those records be Kirkland records so that we can actually get useful information out of them, um, or at least that they can be parsed by, by the permitting entity so that when they report to us, we're getting uh, reports on Uh, incidents in Kirkland and not simply the reports for the entire United States wherever they're operating at. So those are my two comments.
0: Thank you. Further discussion? John, now that Amazon is running drone deliveries in California, have you thought about the implications? apparently that's where they're reinvesting
15: Honestly, Your Honor, I, I have not thought about that. Other than, I would, I shouldn't speculate at, at, in front of you tonight. I, I have not thought about it.
0: Uh, I, and I, I guess my point is, and it was actually Councilmember Pascal today who reminded me, you know, we went through our bicycle phase and then we transitioned into our into our scooter phase, and we didn't do either because we sort of got left behind. Um, so I, I, I just I think we've had a lot of discussion about this. You have done an amazing amount of work trying to work through a process that I believe is going to leave us behind. Um, so, uh, I mean, I think it's nice to have a, a resolution in your pocket for if it, anybody wants to do something, but if the technology is moving away from this, I, I sort of question spending a whole lot more time on this. Um, Councilmember Curtis?
1: The comment I was going to make is we are making the most beautiful ordinance for a business that doesn't exist so um, and 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 I just want to echo the mayor you have worked you and staff have worked so hard on this and you have taken our feedback and you've done research and it's a thing of beauty and we keep making it better but my question is have we gone? have we talked to any potential Businesses about this and gotten feedback from our, ordin- our ordinance, and and I, I realize that Amazon says we're not going to move forward this, but is that door completely closed? And are there other businesses that we can sort of present this to and say, does it work?
15: Well, your honor and and uh, Councillor Curtis, to those points, uh, our government relations manager has been in conversation with government relations staff of the city of Seattle. And we're aware that there has been uh, what Seattle represents as heavy lobbying from the the autonomous uh, vehicle, not only personal delivery device, but moving people around as well. Uh, Heavy lobbying of state legislators and uh, in the governor's office. And um, that suggests to at least me that the issue isn't dead. If they're investing that amount of time. Um, So it it may still be prudent to have something on the books. Although, uh, the the important point uh, is that the lobbying, as it was represented to us by the city of Seattle, is to prohibit local governments from being able to regulate this on the rights of way.
0: Oh, golly. Um, All right. Okay. Well, my my comment wasn't meant to interfere with anything. I'm just, I'm concerned. Um, And I think that you guys have done an amazing amount of work. And I'm just not, I I, I think I'm going to look to the city manager a little bit for, I mean.
3: I think your point is we need to bring it home and finish it because things continue to move, right? So I think a lot of good issues were raised tonight that I think we can
15: move quickly to finish.
0: Super, thank you, John.
15: Thank you, Your Honor.
0: Hope you got what you need. Yes. And this takes us to uh, uh, item E, the draft 2023 legislative support agenda. Did you all want to take a break before we do this? You want to keep going? I'm seeing nods. At the other end. <laughs> nods to a break. Short break. I see. Okay, so let's go ahead and take 15. And 925. Recording in progress.
3: Okay. Thank you, Madam Mayor. So we are actually looking for potential action tonight, given that the legislative session will start next week. Uh, This is to consider adopting our support agenda and here to give you the presentation and answer questions is our government affairs manager, Diana Hart.
14: Good evening,
17: Council. Can you see my PowerPoint correctly? Okay. Uh, So tonight we are back to approve our support agenda. Um, We'll start with a recap of how we got here. Um, Having approved the 2023 legislative priorities a few months ago, um, our priorities were shared with the legislative delegation by the legislative workgroup over a series of legislative coffees. Um, we're now finalizing the support agenda to round out the city's legislative agenda for the 2023 session legislative session starts next week but the um, work group staff and uh, lobbyists have been um, hard at work preparing for start of session with each chamber already having more than 100 pre-filed bills each our subject matter experts have been very hard at work completing their bill reviews Um, And our team is um, working with our delegation to finalize legislation to advance our priorities and to sponsor our capital budget requests. Uh, We'll now review the support items agenda itself. Um, The same slide I shared at your last meeting that highlights the key difference between the priority agenda and the support items agenda. Unlike the priority agenda previously adopted by council, the support items agenda is a collection of general policies on which um, the city shares general support. However, more formal advocacy on specific legislation requires approval from council before action by council members representing all of council staff and lobbyists. In practice, bills that are introduced that impact city operations or relate to policies on support items, agenda, priority agenda are routed to our SMEs for review. Lobbyists will sign in support of policies included in the support items agenda when they receive public hearings. If there is interest in more actively engaging in specific bill advocacy for items not on the priority agenda, we will come back to council for full approval before taking further action. Legislature can move with great speed at times, and due to Council's meeting schedule, we may miss some further advocacy opportunities for support items from time to time, but lobbyists can be nimble as needed with sign-ins on behalf of the city. And, and so, um, looking at the actual support agenda itself, the incorporated feedback from your last Council meeting. There um, is the addition of the Sound cities Association as in a support um, agenda pending changes of that draft agenda that were discussed at the last meeting. And then we moved the conservation district election reform from other allies and issues to select legislative support that are f- reflect this type of support. Um, we also added finalized agendas for K4C, Wirra 8, Cascade Water Alliance, Alliance for Gun Responsibility, and the Lake Washington School District. Unfortunately, there are still numerous agendas that have been approved by organizations, but haven't been finalized, routed, or published, so they aren't included in your packet. And some organizations um, have not yet finalized their agendas. Um, A quick little preview of what our legislative session looks like. Um, The session schedule will be approved on the first day of session. Um, These dates are estimates based on the draft senate planner. Um, The 2021 dates, which is the last long session, uh, would be slightly different than these dates, but we're assuming that these are the dates that the um, legislature will be adopting on Monday. Session starts next week, came up pretty fast. the legislature will have just over a month um, for legislation to make it through the policy committees which requires both a public hearing and an executive session public hearings um, are expected to be hybrid and offer virtual and in-person participation this year and we will utilize both options as best meet um, our needs and availability And then executive sessions um, are where the legislature has an opportunity to make amendments and pass out of committee to rules, which operates as a holding cell um, or onto fiscal committees. Um, At the end of this period is when AWC action days will occur, so it'll be a pretty pivotal time at the legislature. Any legislation with a financial component, gets another week to also go through fiscal committees, um, where again, they have to have a public hearing in executive session before heading to rules. Then members will head to the floor for the next two weeks to vote as a full chamber on each piece of legislation that is moved out of the Rules Committee, either by members of the Rules Committee during a Rules Meeting or as a leadership poll. The process will then repeat itself in the other chamber with shortened timelines for each step. Each cutoff date represents a hurdle that bills must pass or they're considered dead with some caveats. Um, 2023 will be a new budget year as the legislature must adopt a 2023 to 2025 biennial budget by July. The governor released his budget last month after the November revenue forecast uh, came in much more optimistic than past forecasts. And the House and Senate budgets um, are anticipated in February or March after the next forecast is released, which does go to some of those caveats that I mentioned earlier the necessary to implement the budget magical fairy dust that can get sprinkled on bills um, to pass um, the legislature in order. So in order for them to pass the budget, any policy that they need to, any legislation they need to pass um, in order to pass the budget can kind of get squeezed around those um, cutoff dates that I mentioned earlier. Um, The things that require that can justify a bill getting the NTIB designation can be anything from a tax revenue generating bill to something that a member needs passed so that they will support the overall budget. So there isn't a formal designation. You won't see any um, designation on the legislature's website that something has been given the NTIB status. You'll just suddenly see a bill that hasn't moved for a while, suddenly start moving again. And to that point, 105 days goes by quite quickly. For reference, council meets seven times during the regular um, for regular meetings during that long session, so not many opportunities um, to discuss what's happening during session for how much action the legislature will be taking. Um, and with that, it takes us to our next steps. Um, when council is ready, you can approve resolution 5571 to adopt the legislative support items agenda. If any changes are needed, um, we recommend amending it tonight to provide clarity going into session starting next week. Um, And then AWCC Action Days, like I mentioned previously, um, is in the middle of February and will be an opportunity for the full Council to participate in the legislative session. And I will be back at um, each of your Council meetings to provide an update on the legislative uh, process and um, provide an opportunity to um, solicit feedback from Council as needed on any specific positions that are on the support agenda, but might need a little more direction um, for more support. And with that, I will turn things back to you answer any questions you have. And thank you.
10: Yes, yeah, is really a question. Um, as you know, I, I, look at a lot of bills. And I've run into a couple of bills already that I have concerns about. Um, And I was going to email the legislative committee task force. What's the official name? Legislative work group. Work group. group, Legislative work group. But then I realized, well, there's three council members. So can a fourth council member do that? And so um, what I'm looking for is some guidance. If a council member who's not on the legislative work group has concerns about a bill and wants to bring it to the work group's attention. What's the right way to do that? So, so my, avoid advice an OPMA to, issue. Right. my
3: advice would be to email it to myself and Diana. Okay. okay. And then we can talk through exactly how we discuss it in the legislative work group. The Probably the best thing to do would be to do it at full council meetings when the list starts to be generated each time, and you have a list of, of bills, and you can say, "There's an additional bill in front of all of your colleagues that I want to express my concerns about." But in the meantime, you could send it to us, and then we could have lobbyists investigate issues um, and work hard not to create any OPMA issues.
10: Okay, I'll, I'll send you an email. I'll just, I'll just mention quickly: the bill that's got me worried a lot right now is a proposed amendment to the body cam provisions of the Public Records Act. It actually went through committee last session, um, but it's, it's concerning because it would, for the first time, introduce the concept of requiring requesters to sign an NDA in order to get access to records. And I really don't like the idea of an agency requiring records to be used in a certain way after they're released. So um, I'll, I'll email about that. Um, Has that been pre-filed, or is? Yes, it was pre-filed. Okay. Representative Taylor from the 30th district filed that bill. Yeah. Thank you.
4: Thank you, Madam Mayor, and thank you, Diana, for the summary. I apologize for not flagging this in in December. came uh, Came up as I was thinking through the the full support agenda. One of the things that we have talked about as a council previously and had either on our priorities or our support agenda is allowing for ranked choice voting in local elections. I didn't see that in the um, support agenda. Previously, it was Fair Vote Washington that had uh, considered that. Was that something that the legislative work group had looked at, including the support agenda?
1: Yes. Thank you, Deputy Mayor. We did not and it didn't because it it wasn't raised when we had the conversations with council about council priorities and so we made the assumption it wasn't an ongoing issue
4: i recognize that we'll be we've got action tonight but there are a number of organizations that we may be adding their legislative agendas uh, on an ongoing basis when they get released that weren't ready today. So I'd ask if uh, the work group could look at if that's an option, if there's uh, bills that are uh, being pursued and that's an option um, for future dates to the support agenda. May I respond? Yes.
1: Yes, and we can. And one of the things that we talked about over the summer and now that Diana's on board and I hope that we can do it in preparation for the next session, is to look more closely at the support agenda, how we put it together, what organizations are missing, what should come off, if it's fulfilling our needs. Um, And so that will be something that we'll prepare for next session, and we can just say that it's a living document for this session.
3: Very good, thank you. And if I, just to um, add on to that, so in the whereas section, um, in, Section or line nine and 10, we actually talk about that, which is we say, whereas the proposed legislative support item included as a exhibit A, which exhibit may be amended from time to time by the council without further resolutions. So we do have the ability if, if, you know, the future council meeting to say we want to add something like that to the agenda if you want, we don't have to bring a resolution back to do that.
0: Did you, Kathy? You could hear that. Okay. The more we add, the more diluted it becomes, and the less representative of where we really want to go with issues. Um, there are there are things on King County's agenda around uh, sustainability that that like you know uh, product responsibility, where I, I don't agree, um, and. Um, I think that will always be the case. So I'm hoping that we can get to a place, n- not because I'm right or wrong, but w- a place where um, our individual preferences are allowed. Uh, like tonight, I would expect that Council Member Nixon is not going to want to embrace some of it. Um, it doesn't mean that sort of philo- philosophically, he is behind us with regard to most of the priorities that we assign. Um, so I, somehow that discussion, I, I just—I don't want it to be a document that, that just spreads peanut butter all over the place. Anyway, Councilmember Curtis, Chair Curtis.
1: I agree, and that's why I think we need to take some time to uh, decide what we're trying to accomplish and whether what we're doing serves our purpose. But this is where we are. And the session starts Monday, and I feel like I'm getting ready for a sporting event. I'm super excited. I know Diana and staff is too, and so is the legislative work group. I'd like to make a motion to approve Resolution 5571, approving a City of Kirkland legislative support agenda for the 2023 session of the state legislature.
6: Second,
0: the move by Councilmember Curtis, seconded by Councilmember Black, to approve the state. Our, our legislative support agenda with resolution 5571. Any further discussion?
1: I do have one more thing. Um, I just want to thank Councilmember Falcone for representing Kirkland at the SCA PIC meeting, and um, the revised SCA agenda passed unanimously. So it is now on our support agenda. Thank you. Councilmember Nixon.
0: Uh, thank, thank you, Madam Mayor.
10: Well, I, I suppose I could just thank you for giving my floor speech and <laughs> save some time. But I, I, I do wanna say um, at our, the last time we discussed this, I did identify at least a couple of issues that I had concerns about in looking at the additional um, organizational um, priorities that have been added since then. There are other things that I, I have concerns about. And the resolution does say the city supports the agenda items identified on the 2023 legislative support items agenda. Um, And of course, we always have the caveat that we we have to look at the actual language of the bill before we decide if we're gonna support the bill. But the fact is, is that we're saying we support this whole collection of principles. And frankly, I don't support the whole collection of principles, and so that's why I'll vote no.
0: Thank you. Any further discussion? Question is on the motion to approve Resolution 5571, moved by Council Member Curtis, seconded by Council M- Member Black. All those in favor, please signify by saying aye.
4: aye. Aye.
0: Opposed?
4: No.
0: The Motion carries, 6 to 1. This takes us to Item F, um, the uh, approval of the minutes from the last December, or the only December meeting. Council Member Curtis.
1: Try to simplify this. I'd like to make a motion to correct the minutes um, that the GMPC letter will come back on January 17th.
8: Second. It's been
0: moved by Councilmember Curtis, seconded by Councilmember Falcone, to amend the minutes to reflect the appropriate date for the letter to come back next on the 17th. All those in favor, please. Oh, see, oh Discussion.
6: Yeah. Can I have Seriously. one point? I know, but I, clarification. <laughs> We're still going to have to approve the a motion to approve the minutes. We're going to do that subsequent to the amendment, or should we have a motion to approve the minutes and then a motion to amend?
1: Yes. You're so right. Make the
6: motion. Okay. You want... Oh, That's my a God. Good point. We already have a move. Okay. So now I'll make a motion to lay,
0: amendments.
6: to lay the amendment, the motion to amend the amendments on the table. Hard stop.
1: Second.
0: Second. Okay. Now do we
6: take a vote on that? Now okay. yeah, we vote on that. No, no discussion. All no
0: discussion. those in favor, please signify. He's just learned this. <laughs> 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 All those in favor, please signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Motion carries unanimously. Councilmember Black.
6: Madam Mayor, I'd like to move for adoption of the minutes. Sorry, from the December, apologies, 13. December 13th? 13. From the December 13th, 2022 meeting. Second.
0: Second. Okay. Moved by Council Member Black, Second by Council Member Pascal. Discussion? All those in favor,
6: please signify by saying... Wait, Kelly's on.
0: Oh, Kelly.
1: No, she's not.
3: You have to pull the amendment off the table.
0: No. Oh. Pull
10: the amendment off the table.
1: <clears throat> Madam Mayor, I'd like to pull the amendment okay. off the table?
6: No, no. You want to move the amendment
0: now? <laughs> you know, I think we need a refresher course yeah. on this. Uh-huh.
3: So the full minutes are in front of you, and you need to amend the minutes to reflect the December seventeenth change, which was the amendment Councilmember Curtis proposed, which has been tabled.
0: So we're doing it again. Yes.
10: Yeah. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> That's fine too.
1: See, even they are confused. All right. Now I'd like to make a motion to a. Mend the Minutes to reflect the GMPC letter will come back to Council on January 17th.
6: Second.
0: Any discussion? It's been moved by Council Member Curtis, seconded by Council Member Black to uh, correct. correct the Minutes. Um, all those in favor, please signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Motion carries unanimously. Now we go to the main motion, which is to approve the minutes from uh, December 13th, moved by Council Member Black, seconded by Council Member Pascal All those in favor, please signify by saying aye. Aye.
5: Aye. aye. aye.
0: Opposed? Motion carries unanimously. I feel like we just walked out of a deja vu
10: story.
13: <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay with that that takes us to item 11 um reports councilmember nixon you want to kick us off
10: uh thank you madam mayor well we had a a good break so i don't have a whole lot to report in fact the only thing i want to mention is the fact that two weeks from now my wife and i will be in scotland and uh, visiting our daughter at veterinary school and so i'm hoping planning to um, attend remotely, although 5:30 here is 1:30 a.m. there. Um, so we'll see if I'm still suffering from jet lag and, and just can't get to sleep. Um, but if I don't make it, please continue without me and just excuse me. Yes. Thank you.
0: Thank you, <laughs> Councilmember Black.
6: Uh, thank you, Madam Mayor. I'll just make a quick mention of uh, one of the activities that uh, several of us were involved in, um, although in different shifts, was uh, visiting the Sammamish, um, City of Sammamish's um, uh, Recreation Center and Aquatic Center, and just, it's a beautiful facility and just really inspires me uh, if we get a recommendation from PFAC uh, for a, uh, 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 a um, what's the word I'm looking for?
0: The Aquatic Center?
6: No, a tax, le- a, a a measure, future a, a future ballot measure. measure. <clears throat> uh, it'll be exciting to think about Kirkland um, having a facility like that for uh, for its residents and visitors. Um, so there's, uh, I wanted to mention that quickly, and uh, that's the end of my report. Thank you.
1: Thank
0: you, Councilmember Curtis.
1: Um, PFAC. Resumes on January 12th with a facilitated discussion of potential ballot measure uh, elements and costs. PFEC will receive flashcards. I believe you used those for Mm -hmm. COMSAG. um, And they will be continuing to use those throughout the process. And on the 26th PFEC meeting, OPSIS will be coming back with um, facility feasibility studies and options for facilities at the Houghton Park and Ride and the North Kirkland Community Center. And tomorrow legislative work group, bright and early 7.30 a.m. will be attending the East Side Chambers legislative kickoff.
8: Thank you. Uh, Council Member Falcone. Thank you, Madam Mayor. Um, well, I um, in, agree with Councilmember Black. Oh, sorry, I have Rocky right here with Rocky. me, distracting me. <laughs> He's leaving. Um, I agree with Council Member Black. We had a really great tour of the Sammamish Aquatic Center. Um, it was just so exciting to see folks. I think it was, wasn't was even a busy time, but it was still being so well utilized. And it was really exciting to see all the different amenities that they have there. So thank you everyone who helped um, make that tour happen. It was really educational and fun to do. Um, we had a fun van ride. We got to ride in the wreck and roll van, which was pretty cool. I've seen that around town. It was fun to get to ride along in that. Um, Also have um, a few upcoming things. I'm excited to tour the Friends um, of Youth um, Kirkland facility this Friday, I believe. Um, Also have an SCA lunch and learn on behavioral health on Friday, um, as well as my first official meeting on the SCA board. We have a board retreat next Friday, a week from this Friday. So I'm excited to jump in and and start that work. Um, Also, I emailed, Each of you earlier today, I received a request from a Kirkland resident for a resolution on human rights. (laughs) Excuse me, and in particular, um, Iranian women. Um, They they are working with some other cities. uh, The city of Bellevue has already passed um, a similar resolution and they're working with um, the city of Seattle and I believe the city of Redmond and some other cities just to get um, regional support around um, this issue and um, so when I sent the request onto Mayor Sweet uh, she requested that I uh, bring it forth t- tonight during council reports and but a mayor and city manager I don't know are we looking for a formal vote are we looking for head nods to proceed with drafting an amendment we have a template so I don't think it'll be um, a lot of uh, staff work since we have an example to work from uh, but wanted to put that forth before council tonight so Madam Mayor, City Manager, <clears throat> are we looking for a formal vote? All I was
0: looking for was head nods. Head nods? Yeah. Okay. Looks good. All right. Thank you so much, everyone. So the, we'll turn that over to David to follow yeah. through and then we'll use our new process.
3: Use our new process. And because this is one that we haven't done before, we'll also make sure all council members get a chance to see it. Although I think Council Member Falcone actually sent it to everybody. So.
0: Excellent. Uh, Councilmember Pascal. All right, is that it for, for you, Councilmember Falcone? Yes, thank you. Thank you. Councilmember Pascal.
5: Thank you, Madam Mayor. The The only thing that I'll mention uh, tonight is uh, the Regional Transit Committee was reappointed um, to that committee, and the new chair of the committee is uh, Council Member Perry uh, from McKin County Council. And uh, I'm nom- I'm kind of in line to become vice chair um mean unless something happens but uh but anyways it 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 affords me the opportunity to work with her on the work program for for this for this year and I'll send her I'll send it around to you all the draft but if you have any comments or any thoughts on on things you know let me know um it's basically you know all things metro so if you have any interest in in transit subjects or things that that, that that you have questions about or you think the committee should be looking at, um, I'd be interested in hearing from you. That's it.
4: Thank you.
0: Excellent. Deputy Mayor Arnold.
4: Thank you, Madam Mayor. Two things to report. On December 14th, I had the opportunity to be part of a panel of this, uh, to the Sustainability Ambassadors um, teachers that are working on curriculum, and I talked about opportunities for potential student projects, advocacy or involvement on transportation issues and the upcoming comprehensive plan update. I would also note that uh, Peter Donaldson, as part of the exchange on that, talked about potentially having the sustainability neighborhood ambassador program do an update before Council. You may have emailed some of you about this. This is something that the mayor and I brought up at the last agenda setting meeting, and we're hoping to have the SNAP program reviewed sometime in the first quarter. Uh, Secondly, uh, I attended the exit conference for the state auditor's performance audit uh, of Kirkland. Uh, We do a financial audit every year and then a performance audit on specific topics. This one included things like our open public meeting and executive session requirements and our rental assistance program that we did as part of uh, COVID-19. Kirkland received a clean audit on... on, uh, uh, both of those and other topics considered. Uh, congratulations to the finance staff and our human resources folks and people in the city manager's office. Kirkland deliberately moved faster than other cities to get ARPA money out into the community and to people that needed it. And uh, we were able to do things both fast and right, uh, as the uh, auditor had confirmed. Thank you,
0: Thank you Deputy Mayor. And I really haven't done anything since the holiday. So um, I have nothing to report. City Manager.
3: Uh, Thank you, Madam Mayor. So just a couple quick...
6: Thank you, Madam Mayor. There was actually one item that um, related to the legislative agenda that is also should have been part of my report and I forgot. Um, So I want to remind everyone that ETP... Actually, did approve its legislative uh, priorities agenda for the 2023 session at its December 9th meeting, and that was included in material that was sent to you. But I'm afraid it didn't get to the legislative work group or the uh, government managers or uh, government relations manager, So I'll make sure that gets to the proper uh, person so they can become part of our. It was approved as part of our support agenda, legislative support agenda, but it, the materials didn't include it, and they should have. That was actually approved on December 9th. Thank you. Yep.
0: City Manager.
3: So I'm just making sure I get a note. Thank you. <clears throat> uh, so, looking ahead a little bit, as you know, we have a council retreat coming up on February 3rd. So, uh, Deputy City Manager Beth Goldberg is going to be reaching out to each of you to talk about potential topics. This is the policy retreat. <clears throat> right now, we have um, some draft of items that we'll bring to the December to the January 17th council meeting. Uh, Mostly a focus on policies and procedures and a list of uh, items that came up from the small work group that got together um, that had talked about communications and there was another kind of list of things. And so we're we're suggesting that we maybe start with that as one item. Um, It's also possible to talk about this city work program if the council wants to. But basically we're looking for what you're interested in in terms of retreat topics. And you don't need to wait to meet with Beth. You can certainly send an email to Beth or I if you have topics that you want to make sure we're exploring and bring back to the council on December, on January 17th. Um, so I just want to give you a heads up about that. And then also to let you know that the very first pre-meeting of the regional um, racer group, the regional community response agency, will be happening on January 5th. That's not going to be yet a formal meeting, but we are doing a formal notice. The first meeting itself will be on January 11th. So we're doing kind of a planning meeting with all of the members and then at that meeting we'll be voting for positions like chair and vice chair and being to move forward on implementation of the new agency. So that is coming up. And that's all I have, Madam Mayor. Um, Unless council members have other calendar additions they want to make, I did note uh, Deputy Mayor Arnold's uh, comment on SNAP.
0: Oh, great. Okay. Seeing nothing else, I think I will just adjourn this meeting and thank everybody for a hard evening's work and, and I'm glad we're back. Miss mm-hmm. Hugh, um, council member Falcone.' Uh, get better soon. And thank you. Thank you all. All righty. Okay, so we are adjourned. Thank you. Thank you.